Please, can you peel me another grape? <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, May 9th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 511. This is No Agenda. Dodging the distractions of the Travis Heights hideout where the president visits today in Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And it's garbage day here in northern Silicon Valley where I'm John C. Dvorak. Craig Vaughn Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> so I have the president coming and you've got garbage day. Is there a difference? Oh, you pre- the president's hitting Dallas? No, Dallas? Oh, Austin. Yeah. Sorry. D- I was D- thinking. Really? The other president <laughs> that, went that, to Texas. That, that really hurt. That was unnecessary. Uh, well, I didn't say Houston. Yeah, well, check this out. Here's uh, here's our chief technology officer of the United States, uh, Todd Park, explaining what the president's going to be doing. The president is kicking off a middle-class jobs and opportunity tour with a visit to Austin. A middle-class jobs and opportunity tour. That's right. Uh, <laughs> hey, proud to be middle-class. A rising, thriving middle-class is key for America's economic future. Our future prosperity rests upon creating more new middle-class jobs, equipping Americans with the skills to do those jobs, and ensuring that hard work leads to a decent living. Austin leads the country <laughs> in manufacturing and tech job growth. The president will be visiting with local entrepreneurs who created innovative new companies that have also created a ton of new jobs in the manufacturing and technology (laughs) industries. He'll also be visiting a local high school where kids are learning tech skills, real-world tech skills that they'll need to compete in the job market of today and tomorrow. Like Facebook. Very, very good. What's this guy got to do with it? Yeah, because it's, it's 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 a tech thing. Does the president have a sore throat? No, this is uh, the, all of a sudden. Uh, Todd Park is in the news a lot. You know, these uh, we've got all this tech stuff that uh, you know. Uh, think uh, what was released today? Today uh, there was something else that was new. A new uh, a new initiative for the incredible transparency that is uh, our uh, our government. I've never seen a picture. This is funny because I was going to say I was going to laughingly say that Todd Park Park. He must be Korean. Uh, yeah. Jokingly. <laughs> yeah. And then I look at his picture. He is Korean. Yeah. Yes, he is. Here, executive order today, making open and machine readable the new default for government information. Yeah, that's a big deal right now. What? Machine readable? Yeah, they want to. Re- uh, they want everything machine readable. Right now, the big thing going on in the medical industry is that all, right. all the doctor's offices around the country are being uh, turned into... Uh, Electronic nightmares uh, <laughs> okay. because they they have to because the Medicare people said that you have to by I think twenty fourteen you have to be switched over completely to electronic record keeping right. or we we're, we're not going to pay our, any bills you send us right and uh, and and then yesterday Todd Park was uh, in the, was giving a press conference with Spokesall Carney I didn't get any clips from it but what they've done is they've now released um, all the information in machine readable format. So you can see what each procedure costs uh, in each hospital, and the discrepancies in costs are, are quite interesting. I'll bet. You can have $5,000 in one hospital, and then two towns over, it's $250,000. Seriously, that kind of difference. Yeah. No, this has been a problem for years. They have the same thing with testing. There'll be one um, procedure, you know, usually a CAT scan or something, in one operation, and 
and a and a big wait waiting list, and then another place would have machines ready to go at half the price. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a, it's a horrible. <laughs> it's a horrible. They have to standardize. It's it's a horrible. It's a horrible. It's, it's a your, horrible. They got to standardize. I say this is your new language. It's a horrible. Yeah. So Why the you um, talk like this. So so here's I'm a little upset because there's like three things. Oh, first of all, we have the show on Thursdays, which is always important. Um, I was supposed to go. Spost. I was supposed to go to meet uh, Rick Perry today. Uh, as today, and this is so typical of uh, uh, of I guess politicians or politics, or the maybe the Dutch just in general, um, where today is Dutch Day, which will be proclaimed by uh, the governor of Texas. So everybody pays for their own dinner. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, very good. Very good. Thank you. Uh, no, today is Dutch Day uh, by uh, gubernatorial uh, proclamation. And uh, you know, so the, the like the consul general is going to be here, and uh, Ms. Mickey and I were invited. Does uh, everybody get a bicycle? And, and uh, I'm like, okay, this is cool. You know, I, I look forward to it, and I get to you know that was the big promise. Remember the guy who leaned over to me and said, "Hey, he's a cross dresser." You know, maybe he's talking about Rick Perry. I told yeah. you that story, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm all excited. It's at ten o'clock. So I can't go at ten o'clock. Who who the hell does like a proclamation thing at ten o'clock? Which, by the way, is at only night? no. This morning it started an hour ago. Oh, today? Yeah, which is even worse. Who does it on the day when the president of the United States is coming to Austin? The whole thing is nuts. <laughs> He's going to be here in forty five minutes, and so this is the day they choose to to get some PR, I guess, for the Netherlands. Yeah, sure good. None. Good work. Right yeah, good work. Numbskulls. That's like whoa. <laughs> How do, you, how do you plan that one? Anyway, if you are uh, tuning into this uh, program, the best podcast in the universe, fact, uh, congratulations. You are one of the lucky ones. Certainly, if this is not your first time, maybe your second or third time around, or maybe you've been listening for hundreds of episodes, uh, you are uh, go- you're going to survive. You will not be kicked off the island because you are actually awake and know what's going on in the world, and you are not falling for... Uh, these slave distractions. It's like the telescreens. All of a sudden, everything switched. And uh, uh, let's... Uh, oh, we got uh, kidnapped guys. Oh, we got a funny neighbor who's uh, who's who uh, talks about uh, uh, white, cute white girls running into black men's arms. Oh, that can't happen. Something up with that. And everyone... If, I, I want to say something. We're going to talk a little bit about this because I actually have a couple of directions I want to go with it. But... You have, you know, I was thinking that this is like a distraction of the week, kind of uh, maybe a national story. This story is because I monitor all the networks around the world, and this is a huge story in the entire universe. (laughs) Have you seen this? Is top of the top of the the news list in Australia? This is, you know, I I monitor Facebook to see, which I need to talk about what's going on there. But I monitor to, to see the zeitgeist of the enslaved. And it's like, like everyone is like everyone's posting about this, this and the and the stupid uh, what's the, the the murder trial, or whatever the the girl right, which we, we which we seem to have avoided. I don't e- I don't even know what, what what's going on with this, uh, <laughs> other than I see a whole bunch of people outside in the parking lot cheering when they pronounce her guilty. I'm like, what is going on? What happened to North Korea? What happened to uh, to Boston? What happened to terror? What happened to Benghazi? This girl pronounced uh, guilty. Well, I think, but how many times have I said 
we need to have executions on television. This girl has got to fry, and we all want to see it. Well, here's the way, you know, the way I was thinking about this. I think the way that would play out, I think this is going to happen one of these days, but specifically to just better control the public because this is the whole goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're going to have to fry somebody and then immediately, immediately thereafter find that they were innocent. <laughs> yeah. Through so D- the whole the entire <laughs> bloodthirsty public, you know, has to yeah. step back and reconsider everything they're thinking. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, so it's very obvious. You're right. I mean, I, uh, I've seen it certainly in certain uh, several European countries from my friends on Facebook. Um, this is it's it's it's. Quite incredible how people are just enthralled by and just go, okay, this is the story now. Okay, I'll be over here. Oh, this is the story over here. Oh, go over here. Well, what I like about the story, uh, the the current kidnapping story with the girls, and I want to play a sequence here, and I have it listed. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, First, let's start off with the clip uh, with the guy, uh, which I do have here. Let me find it. Um, a little girl in the black man, which is the which is the thing that got me going in this direction. What was, what was the reaction? Oh, it's one channel. Is that is that? You know, you, it came off as one channel. I don't know. Can you flip the switch, make it mono? You you make that sound easy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me see. Man, I can do this. Let me. I have no idea why it came. No, I can do. It. I can. I can monomanize this. Hold on a second. Where's my Where's my monomanizer? Thought I had a monomanizer in here. What? Uh, processor, graphics, EQ. Well, that's crazy. There's no monomanizer? Huh. Uh, okay, everyone. We'll just pretend it's in two ears. And on the girls' faces, I can't imagine to see the sunlight to be Bro, around people. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. <laughs> Dead giveaway. Dead, Dead giveaway. giveaway. Charles, thank you very Dead much. Dead giveaway. Thank you very much for your time. And- Either she's homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she runs to a black man. Charles, thank, thank you for being there, man. Charles Ramsey, neighbor, heard the screaming, took action, went and did what he needed to do. The rest is unfolding before us here on CMR. We're going to send it back to you. Yeah, okay. So I was listening to this guy, and, you know, it's like it's a... Uh, something that the elites can like laugh at you know here we go i'm just thinking this is like a script that i kind of remember where you take a, a guy like this and we're going to see more of him and start start by and here's here's who he reminds me of and this again i think this is like a three-year cycle on this but play sequence zero okay hey i'm gonna make you work for your dollar say something with that great radio voice when you're listening ah, to nothing but yeah, the best right. of oldies you're listening to magic 98.9 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. And we'll be back with more right after these words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to play the whole clip? Is there more to this? Uh, that, that's fine. But yeah. now we remember. No, of course. Uh, Williams. Yeah, this is the guy who was uh, the home, the homeless guy. Homeless guy. So we're gonna, so we're gonna put him in. The, we're gonna grind him into the system yeah. to 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 yeah. appease the, the the public at large because this is one of those feel good stories but yet because he's a black man we know he's going to screw up in the end but that's just the way it is <laughs> it's, a, it's like it was just waiting for the train wreck essentially is what waiting you for the train wreck so we go we, we so this evolves first it goes to the, the, the yeah. you start to see a little background because they like to give us a kind of a scenario so we have the mom so play sequence one this is the dipshit mom 
He called me on my birthday. He didn't even know how old I was. He's telling people I'm 92. I'm not no 92. I'm 90. He lost a good job. He destroyed his family through drugs. So there's, I prayed and prayed, but I always said, I guess my prayers wasn't strong enough. It never got through to him. And I went out there, and they're talking about the man with the golden voice. I said, who is that? <laughs> That's your son. He come from a nice family, and then he went poor, poor. So maybe this will build him up. Right after these words. <laughs> Wait, uh, this is the, the, Ted, the Ted Williams mom. Yeah, that was okay. Ted Williams' mom. All right, all right, all and right. So then uh, we know there's problems afoot, uh, and then next thing you know, Ted Williams goes off the wagon. <laughs> they, I think they they plied him with alcohol and shoved him on the Doctor Phil show. And here's the uh, sequence oh. of Doctor Phil. Oh right, how oh, I remember this. It's all coming back to me now. Yes. Right. Today. Yes, sir. Have a seat. Yes, sir. Um, how are you? Fine, thank you, sir. Uh, as well as to be expected. Tell me, tell me wh what your thinking is. Tell me what you want to talk about, and I'll tell you what what I want to talk about. Okay, I don't want to talk about any past in instances, but uh, <laughs> you know that you know we're we're put on the back burners about family issues and so forth. What I want to talk about. Well, we've talked about all that. Yes, yes. You, I you and I've been through that, and you've had some conflict since then, and I, okay. I understand that, Thank and you. I'm I hate that for you, but. That's part of working through all of this. I, I think hopefully in the future you and your family can come together and, and, and be where you need to be. Yes, sir. But I, I don't want to go through all of that. What I want to talk about is a return to health for you. <laughs> so, so this goes on with Dr. Phil getting involved and putting him up at some facility where he's going to go into rehab and all the rest. And, of course, he, he quits the thing, he mm -hmm. gives up, and then that's kind of the last we hear of him. And But if you really follow his story, he actually says that he thought it was scripted. He got taken right off the, the, the main line track when, when he said stuff like this. He thought the whole thing at this rehab was scripted, and he kind of dawned on him, I guess, that he was being had. And he went and kind of cured himself in some other direction, the public doesn't really never got to follow any of that. And so ironically, he ends up getting he's finally got a job. He's working. He's actually, as far as I can tell, on the straight and level now. But the curious thing, and I think no agenda listeners will be the only ones that can see the irony in what this guy is doing now for a living. He is doing voiceover work and he's doing it for a major uh, United States company. All you have to do is play the last clip, which is where is he now, and you'll get the joke. Kraft home style macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Cheesy noodles topped with golden brown breadcrumbs. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that really true? Is that really him? Absolutely. No. <laughs> Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. There's no real conflict. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. He's doing the Kraft mac and cheese commercial. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, so so this guy uh, already has received uh, a notice from McDonald's because you know, of course, he was eating his McDonald's. I mean, the whole yeah. the, the whole thing is so mind boggling. <laughs> it's hilarious. It really it, it's just like wow, you know. It's like oh my god, and 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 the worst thing is, John, you you really should. Uh, get Mimi's login or something for Facebook so you can take a look at what's going on. It is, it's it's like, hmm, 
how do I explain it? it you know, it's, uh, Mass I, hysteria? Well, I, I look at Facebook once every two or three days. Um, and, 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 and I can't look at it any, any more often than that. And I'll tell you why. Is it is absolutely depressing. Because it's kind of like um, like an ego machine. Everyone is mac and cheese, slave, wage slave, you know, just complete, you know, believe 99% of the people are slaves no matter what. They're not, you know, they're not awakened. They have no idea what's going on in the world. And then you look at Facebook at this timeline and it's nothing but everyone posting pictures and inspirational quotes about how great life is and how beautiful it is. And it's all 100% fake. If anything, they're either throwing their baggage onto everybody else if possible, or they're just, you know, trying to say, you know, keeping up appearances like, oh, that's so fantastic. Look at this great mac and cheese food. I took a picture of it. Look at my cat. It's so hilarious. Look at this. <laughs> this sunset is beautiful. And then this whole liking <laughs> business, this, this, you know, and, and I talk with Mickey about this a lot, you know, this, this, yeah, the business of like, you know, well, I don't really want to say that it sucks, but I'll click like. So you feel good about me not liking you. And then the birthday thing where it's your birthday and it shows up and everyone's like, oh, hey, happy birthday. And you take that off, no one calls you anymore. No one knows what your birthday is. No one gives a crap. <laughs> the whole thing, it is, it, you know, and and it's somehow these these networks, sometimes they form, you know, the I guess one of the original social networks was Orcut, which was a Google invention. And what, or I think Google purchased it maybe. I can't remember. No, no, they actually, the story behind that is they tried to buy Friendster. Oh, that's it. Friendster. For X right, amount right. of money. And the guy said, no, no I want right. to make billions of dollars. Right. And so Google said, well, screw you. It can't be that hard. And they developed Orchid like in a month. Right. Which became a, um, uh, a social network for uh, Brazilian transsexuals. Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, so it, the way networks, that, that's actually a study all unto itself is how networks form and how people, you know, congeal around certain things. But this Facebook, it is, you know, the, the worst thing a human being has really is, is ego and this feeding of the ego and, and lumping it all on. When you look at this, I, I don't know how people do it. I, I get depressed reading this because I know it's all fake. It's all a lie. Everyone's just like, oh, yes, it's so wonderful. Oh, amazing. Awesome. And by the way, <laughs> women who say this, and I see this a lot now on television, and uh, um, and certainly um, video podcasts, let me put it nicely, women who say, say it like this, awesome. You're not awesome. It's not awesome. This, the way you're saying it is not awesome. It is annoying. <laughs> Find a new word. Awesome! Awesome! Or oh, it's just awesome! No, it's not awesome! <laughs> Doesn't that bother you? I know you hear it. I know you hear well, it. Well, yeah, I hear it all the time, and I'm going, I always roll my eyes, but I'm, I'm always sending you clips. That, there's so many of these shows. I sent you another one this last no, week. No, no, and you ruin my day when you do this. I know. <laughs> That's and why so, you do it. <laughs> because I know you, when you see it, I know exactly because you were part of this, the, the invention of this sort of thing. The number of girls and young women who have their own branded 
daily podcasts, or weekly, usually daily. On YouTube. Where they have a they're YouTubers. camera. <laughs> they're YouTubers, John. YouTubers. They're all YouTubers. Mm-hmm. They got a Logitech camera. They got their own channel on YouTube. They have millions of followers, and you've never heard of these people. And they just and they're always edited the same way. There's a it's all jump cuts mm-hmm. and crazy, crappy edits that just yeah. look like junk. To be honest about yeah. it. Because I guess the girls have learned how to run, you know, movie maker or something, and they have the camera. And there is just a lone head, and they're talking at whoever their audience is, and they're always saying it's, it's just like Facebook. It's got, you know, a lot of cr- dumb. It's basically idiotic. <laughs> and it's not just young girls with Logitech cameras. This is rampant. It really, if if you are on Facebook, eval, do some self evaluation. Because you you think that you're sharing something beautiful or something nice. No, you're adding to everyone's depression. It is not okay what's happening there. John, come on, you've you you've analyzed this. What is it? What is there's something it's very different, by the way, from other social networks. This one specifically specifically is I think is is probably responsible for a lot of people killing themselves. I really do. Well, I think that in the school system, which promotes this, uh, we had a clip a couple of weeks, uh, shows ago with the guy talking about you know the self-esteem generation, right, where everybody right. has oh, to yeah. be happy all the time. Right. If you're not happy, take a drug because you yeah. should be happy. Yeah, and you should be happy because you're great. You, <laughs> you're a you're winner. Great. You're, you're a not- <laughs> great, great, great person. You're not a loser. You're not a loser. You're great, and, yeah. and you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> and nothing bothers me more than commercials where you have the female, uh, you know, Andy McDowell or somebody saying, go ahead and buy Maybelline because you deserve it. <laughs> you, know, you don't deserve well, – you deserve makeup? I mean, you don't deserve any of these things. Why do you, you're, and the other one is you're worth it. You're worth it. You're, you're worth it. I'm worth it. And people say that all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm worth it. Really? Yeah. You're worth what? <laughs> You're worth know, it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, here's five bucks. You're yeah. worth it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, so then you kind of add to that this, the telescreen mania of, and it, I mean, it, it's just, I, I don't know, maybe I just stand back from these things and look at it. I'm like, we had North Korea, which, you know, North Korea, I, I don't even know if it's, a, if it's on the planet anymore. North Korea is about something that fell out of the news. Yeah, I mean, remember we were like we were going to die. Oh yeah, we're going to bomb Austin. Yeah, Yeah. missiles going to the east coast. Yeah, this would be the day. By the way, the president is here, so you might as well shoot him in. So the missiles coming in. Then we had the the manhunt, the the Boston bombing, which threw North Korea off. Now, now that's completely gone. Although there was this uh, testimony, a C-SPAN has become a little unusable. uh, I'm I'm afraid I have to say. Uh, because it's so scripted, you know, it's just like everything's like it's all set up ahead of time. Everyone knows what they're going to do. Everybody knows their role. Yeah, they screw up, which is fun to grab that once in a while when someone goes off the rails or literally goes off script. But it's just it's all the same. And then we had the the Boston hearing about the Boston bombing, and you know, it, what is it? Oh well, we're going to have more fusion centers. Yeah, we need to know more. It's like duh. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. Nothing fresh. <laughs> we need to freshen up. We need to, we need to freshen up the programming there on C-SPAN. It's uh, it's become quite quite the annoyance. And of the course, annoyance to me what during was this uh, the 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 found the the kidnapped girls found, and they were of course living with some douchebags. 
But what got me were the press conferences that they were. And by the way, they were playing because I was watching mostly Australian TV this week. Uh, they were playing these press conferences full cloth in Australia. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, yeah. I got this one. The idiot aunt, some the aunt of the family comes out and holds a press conference and she gets rounds of applause. And she's one of those women that says something. She talks like this, K. And then she's going to, you know, well, I hope you guys back up a little bit, K. Oh, you know, K? She doesn't even say OK, it's K? No, it's K. So, you, so we've gone from right to OK, OK, to K? Yeah, K. Hey, when we're ready, I promised you, every single one of you guys, that you guys will, we will talk to you, okay? Last okay. but not least, okay. I'm asking God to watch <laughs> over all of us. the family and the you know is asking is that we as a community do not go retaliate against the family or the suspects of this crime we are asking that as they have been doing their job and not might be today when we want it it might not be tomorrow but they will get the job done <laughs> we need to let them do their job Yes. Yes. Who is, uh, yes. Who is she to say anything? And what, who is this we? Well, we. I, I she have, has a mouse in her pocket. I do have a theory about what's going on here. Um, I do not believe for a second, and we don't know half of the story. We, I do not believe for a second that these women were trapped in this house for ten years. This was a brothel. This was a sex house operation, and the cops were, had been there many times. And they always like, oh, no one opened up, so we left. Now, this is, uh, this this guy, uh, I think, was running some kind of uh, sex operation with full knowledge of authorities. And don't think that this is beyond reality. This this happens all the time. And uh, the, the guy uh, got, you know, he was sacrificed, I think, probably to, you know, we did have a lot of um, interesting things happening, you know, uh, clearly... The president and the entire administration uh, blatantly lied about Benghazi, at least the information they had. They, it, was, it's, it is actual lying. So I can see where people were freaking out about, about that and had to change the, the conversation. And, and why else? Why else is this all of a sudden number one piece of news? I'm sure you saw the fantastic uh, CNN montage. I think the Atlantic did it, where you have the, um, the host with the, the annoying mouse face woman and Nancy Grace, and they're pretending to be on a satellite connection, yet they're in yeah, the same classic. parking lot. It's it's totally, and this is what I've even told you. I was faking satellite interviews in 1983. Well, we had at, at uh, Tech TV, uh, we had, uh, which was run by amazing douchebags, may I say. Mm -hmm. uh, we had this, a roundtable discussion called Silicon Spin, and they kept wanting to, they kept saying, you know, I don't know. Because the guy who ran the the whole station, he didn't. He actually liked the Chris Matthews show the most. Oh, wow! And, and he wouldn't even watch our <laughs> stuff. He would watch the CNBC or yeah. MSNBC all the time. So, so the, one of the executives comes. Well, no, we need to change the format, and so they changed the format. So it was kind of like a. So I was by myself now, and we'd bring literally bring in guests and sit them in a chair across the studio, put a camera on them, and make it look like it was a satellite feed. The funny thing is, I believe that uh, in this case, they actually were running that connection through the satellite, which makes it even funnier. 
that would be the way to do it. So you have this long pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, where the person's nodding, and, they, and then the person says, "So what do you think, Jane?" And yeah. the person's nodding like yeah. an idiot for well, about two yeah. seconds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it, I'm happy that that happened. I'm happy that a lot of people saw it because it really does show you the. Fa- oh, this is. T- I should remind everybody to go do the Zen TV experiment. I'll put a link in the show notes. But once, a, once or twice a year, I talk about this. And when you really do the Zen TV experiment, you understand how much trickery is really going on. Um, but anyway, so so this is without doubt, John, in my mind, without doubt, this was set up immediately to distract the masses. And, and that's OK. Sure. That's one thing. But it's frightening to see how people actually go along with the program. Oh, no, they go along. And I just want to play one more little short clip, which is another press conference that was run full cloth around the world. Around the world. Around the world. <laughs> and this is only a piece of it, but this was a guy, a press conference for soda. The guy is just thanking. It, this is unbelievable to me. Okay, here we go. So I want to thank the Tremont uh, West Development Corporation Safety Committee. They've been feeding and giving beverages to the sheriff's office uh, <laughs> officers that are on the, cre- the crime site scene right now. They've been assisting them. We have the Stockyards Clark Fulton Brooklyn Center Community Development Office. We've got the 2nd District Community Relations. These are all very community-based organizations that are stepping up and helping out with this obviously very complicated and very... Yeah. So, so this go, what is this? This is like a. They had like, essentially there was a press conference podium and it was open mic night. I, I wish I was in the area. I would have gone up and. Hey everybody! Noagendashow.com. Want to thank them for for showing you that this is real bull crap. I could have done ten minutes. <laughs> but this is all a part of, and it and it, it comes back to we've got to come up. We've got to really identify this and come up with a with a with a name maybe at least. There's this culture of, um, well, the NGOs, non-governmental organizations, but really non-profits. And, it, and, it, and I, th- I think 70% of the country is employed by a non-profit at this point. And, you know, the, and I, I read the Federal Register. We just get, you know, the president signs one after another, federal disaster, federal disaster, federal disaster. Every state just keeps getting money, and this money spreads out through all of these nonprofit organizations. And there's some one or two people running it, and they're making you know hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they hand out you know Plus. soda, soda, sodas to the pops or whatever. Yeah. It's it's the same thing as changing your icon on Facebook. It's the sa- it's all part of this. Oh, I feel much better now. I like you know. Everyone should just have a big, a big button on their head so people can just like you. You know, just come with, with, like, like. with the check mark and the thumbs up. Everything should just be like, because it's it, there's some Pavlovian. Like us on Facebook. That, that nothing bugs me more. You go to some <laughs> website to see something, and then this thing pops up. A piece of JavaScript throws this thing in your face, saying "Like us on Facebook." I got to tell you though, this is as a part of this whole culture. And and be honest, we are outside of what's going on here. I don't know if that's just because. Well, I think I have my suspicions as to why that is. But people look at you at your profile and look at what you've liked. And I, you know, I've clicked on it maybe four times. One of them, Sarah Palin. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I get people. What? Who, oh yeah, people go like, "Hey man, you li- you like Sarah Palin, man?" It, Actually, this brings up an interesting point. 
So this Benghazi thing yesterday, uh, the which uh, I see you have a couple of clips. I, I pulled a few things. But uh, what was interesting is the Washington Post tweeted, and I think someone someone retweeted you or somehow this showed up on the on uh, in the news feed. Um, people who are watching the Benghazi hearings on C-SPAN are middle-aged and eat at Chick-fil-A, which, of course, really means Republicans only care about this. I mean, that's just code because the Chick-fil-A thing uh, was, uh, wasn't that the owner, you know, said you can't kiss in my restaurant or whatever, anti-gay. We don't want two men kissing here at the Chick-fil-A. Meanwhile, their sales tripled. Right. So, so. Yes, well, we track that. But the whole idea was, if you're watching this Benghazi thing, you're an you're a you're Republican. You're an a-hole Republican because, of course, all you want you're only out to get the president and Hillary. And uh, so they have this demographics thing, which which is where the Washington Post got it from. And and this is the most unscientific piece of crap ever. But you fill in a Twitter name or a hashtag. And then for I, I checked for about $200, they will run a report and send it back to you. And uh, so they did this on 2,452 people. Uh, and I obviously I didn't have the $200 to spend on no agenda. And I don't think I need to, to hear that we're eating mac and cheese. Um, but the demographics are very different than what the Washington Post, who should be ashamed of this uh, uh, of this deduction you know they i guess they looked at the report and said oh it's just a bunch of republicans who are watching this um and even the report itself is incredibly biased when it's right off the top it says this is where they got it from people in this group are in their 50s typically white caucasians married with children with very high income the group includes a notable concentration in texas the group has an exceptionally high concentration of members of the military, which, by the way, makes a lot of sense that military people are watching. This was about a mil- you know, a lot of it was about the military who were pissed off they couldn't go in and help. A lot of military right. is they were told to stand down. Yep. And of course, if you listen to the testimony, we both of us listened to some of, of it. Of course, I listened to as much well, as I could. Well, let me let me finish the the, okay. the report, yeah. and then I want to get into that. Um, so I looked. I'm, I'm looking through this report. Uh, location: the number one location, New York. Number two location, Washington D.C. Number three location, Los Angeles. Then comes Houston. So what are you talking about? And then there's on Twitter. These people tweet more than average, yet have relatively few followers. Accounts followed significantly more than Twitter averages include. So not they're not giving you everything, but they're saying, oh, these people follow Mitt Romney, Sarah Palin, USA. Rep. Paul Ryan, Marco Rubio, and at Fox News. Well, let me tell you something. I don't follow a single one of those, and I'm I'm pretty sure this is Democrats who are insane and have to read every single tweet. Just because someone follows someone doesn't mean you endorse them. In fact, I think quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. So um, 12% of people uh, uh, tweeting with the hashtag from California. Number one. 12%. And yet somehow it's Texas. Texas number two, but California was number one. So this whole thing is bogative. If you look at the top cities, um, California, New York State, Pennsylvania, D.C., Los Angeles, Boston, San Diego, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Austin. And on the red side, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Houston, Atlanta, and Dallas. So there was even more uh, blue cities. The whole thing, it's like, wow, 
can you make it any more obvious that you don't want anyone looking at this stuff? Oh, the the uh, median income sixty two thousand dollars, and the jobs these people have. Uh, let's see, ten percent the top uh, occupation senior managers, nine point seven percent military, eight point three percent authors writers. 8.1% students. Oh, and then finally, at 7.6%, journalists. Yeah. Gee, you, you, who would expect journalists to be at the top watching that? And then uh, a little bit further down, something I've always said uh, with the 0.5%, 0.4% prospectively, pilots and DJs, one after another. And uh, indeed, the number one place these people eat is Chick-fil-A. And then, yeah, but it's like followed by McDonald's, Starbucks, Papa John's, etc. That's America, my friends. America eats at poop. So this, but so just this, the propaganda is... Well, they definitely did not want anyone watching this, so they did everything they could. They, whoever they are, yeah. whoever's behind it, obviously the, the Democrat Party, to be honest well, about Well, Washington it. Post is skewed. I mean, there's no secret there. That we, we know that we know who they're... And if you listen to the, the the Benghazi hearings, it was ludicrous. There was there was some they had some whistleblowers up there, and they and the Democrats refused to ans- ask any questions to, at all, and they just went on and on about how Dempsey th- said this, and and the worst douchebag, of course, is this Elijah Cummings. Oh, this, and he's the ranking member. He's the he's the yeah, head he's honcho. The, the, right, he's horrible. The guy is a corrupt creep. He's a creep. And but worse is Carolyn Maloney. This this Hillary wannabe hmm. who instead of a- having the opportunity to ask one single question, she goes on a tirade uh, against the chairman. <laughs> uh, I have a clip here. I have the whole tirade. If you want to listen to it, it's amazing to me that somebody like this is even ever elected. And she isn't the, the representative from Manhattan. Uh, and which cl- oh a nutcase congresswoman from New York. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, for all individuals, to the extent that our witnesses can stay on, we, we will try to have a second round. But uh, Maybe I should just point out, while your telescreens were filled with images of kind of sexy chicks who kill guys and uh, uh, dudes who eat McDonald's and uh, think that it's really suspicious that white girls run into black men's arms, this was what was really going on. I don't think you saw a lot of this on your news program. Uh, the ranking member and I both realize that we're a little behind schedule, and I take blame for it, but we're going to try and move within five minutes of questioning whenever possible. The gentlelady from New York, Ms. Maloney. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Is this on? <laughs> I want to thank uh, all the witnesses, and thank you for your for your public service. Uh, My condolences uh, to the families for your great loss. And I, I want to thank the American military. Uh, my father served in World War II, my brother in Vietnam, my husband in the Navy. Hook! And I can say after close observation, there is no place or no time that the American military wouldn't be there to protect American lives if they possibly could get there. And I find it truly disturbing and, and very unfortunate that when Americans come under attack, the first thing some did in this country was attack Americans, <laughs> attack the military, attack the president, <laughs> attack the State Department, <laughs> attack 
the former senator from the great state of New York. You know what we should do? We, I'll, I'll, I'll um, pretend I'm tying my shoelace behind her, and then uh, you push her backwards. <laughs> so I, before, I, th- I think maybe we should... Well, I want to hear a little bit more of this, but I, I do want to revisit our theory, which I feel is pretty solid at this point. Yeah, it's looking better and better. Yeah, um, That this was a setup. And actually, um, now that I saw this testimony, the hearing, um, I feel much better about uh, our uh, our thesis. The uh, And I think that the, the ambassador was in on the scheme. That's that's my current thinking now that I've heard everything. Um they um, the uh, some let's just say the administration someone or maybe in the demo in the, the the Democratic Party what anyway to ensure that the president would be reelected uh, the idea was to do a throwback a callback to the Carter era which is why we had the movie Argo as a side side note to kidnap Chris Stevens and to have a heroic rescue uh, right in time October surprise the whole thing and so the you know and and the president would look you know genius uh truly if you watch argo you can you know and especially if you listen to president carter's voiceover during the credits you really see how it all comes together and now and hillary was in on this um and i'm and and i'm quite sure i'm quite certain now that that the ambassador knew as well and a, and probably multiple people knew this and the guys who they hired from Tunisia, because that's where they came in from, wound up not just killing. And by the way, none of this came out in testimony, which is how I know that even Hicks, he's he's not telling the whole truth either. Because the ambassador was dragged through the streets. They raped him with a broom handle. There's all this stuff that there's pictures. There's evidence of this. If you can take photographic evidence for what it is. But I've heard this from multiple sources for hours before, you know, he was in the hospital and, oh, he's pronounced dead from smoke inhalation. So there's a lot of lying going on. The only person saying anything truthful is um, the one guy's mom, the uh, the SEAL's mother, uh, who, and, of course, who was treated like a, an, uh, a crazy person. And, of course, this is just crazy talk that's coming out of my mouth, obviously. this is the. Have you noticed this meme, John? That's just crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Have you noticed this? Yeah. It goes along with awesome. Oh, you're just a conspiracy nut. Well, we've gone from conspiracy nut to that's awesome, crazy talk. This is crazy. You got to get the emphasis. The emphasis has to be right. That's just crazy talk. Um, and so this went wrong. A double cross, whatever happened. That's why Hillary was so freaked out. That's right, why right they, after the thing we noticed that Hillary, oh, was she was not in control in a funny way. Yeah, and the, and a, and the, the the Navy SEAL woman, uh, mom, mm-hmm. she was interesting because she's the one who talked about the cold blooded aspects of the when the bodies came back. Yeah, of of, uh, of how both uh, uh, Hillary and uh, Obama, yeah, were really cold about it and like yeah whatever, and that and you know, and what's his name, uh, potato potato nose. Who's now? Uh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> the diff- uh, Panetta. Potato nose. Panetta. 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 Oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> Panetta. That's a good name. Potato nose. Um, and so yeah, so Hillary was in on it because it was her guy, and and I I truly think that he knew about it too. It went horribly wrong. She gets just she goes nuts over it. Then they have to bring in that stupid story, which is just hilarious. The you know the the, the, the 
the movie story, the video story, which we you know, let me just fun, you know I'm as I listen to more of this, by the way, because mm-hmm. that one there's one senator that keeps harping on it. He keeps harping on Susan Rice. Yeah, I'm thinking that this thing was so well scripted and planned. That Rice had her marching orders before any of it Way, happened. Thank you, thank you. And she played, she played this. She, she grabbed the wrong bunch of papers <laughs> and she was reading the old script. Yeah. So here's a flashback to uh, this. Actually, I think is part of what got Jake Tapper fired from ABC and got him his new promotion at CNN with the lead. But but Gustafson are different things. Jake, let's be clear. This these protests were in reaction to a video that had. Spread to the region. Uh, we we certainly don't know. We don't know otherwise. Uh, th- you know, we have no uh, information to suggest that it was a pre-planned. No, uh, none whatsoever. Uh, the unrest we've seen around the region has been in reaction to uh, a video that. Uh, Muslims, many Muslims find offensive, <laughs> and while the violence is... It seems even funnier now in hindsight, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. No, it's just a mistake Ms. Rice made. She was given some orders. It was the CIA's fault. It was the best information we had at the time, where we know that, you know, according to this testimony, that the, uh, the State Department and certainly Hillary Clinton knew. And this, remember when she went off in the, in the hearing? She's like, what difference does it make? There's four Americans dead! She she is freaking. She's very angry, and I do believe that she um, is. I mean, she, she she's cold hearted and all. And, you know, she's a snake and well, doesn't I'm sweat. Who, whose idea this was? Because it seems to me that it wasn't Hillary's no. idea. No, but she they promised but her. She took, a, she took a beating for it, and and that that's why she was flipped out half the time. And she may have been one of those people who says, you know, I don't think this is such a good idea. Oh, don't worry about it, Hillary. This will this will be no problem. Yeah, and they promised her a free ride in 2016. So I'm thinking it. It real. This is the kind of stuff that the money guys do, John. This is not Valerie Jarrett, although she probably was in on it. This is the money people at the at party headquarters who wanted a 100 percent shoe ins got away, and they had multiple strategies. You know, rigging the vote machines. You know, all kinds of all kinds of strategies they had. They always do, and, and that's not uh, both sides do this. You know, some just do it better than the others. And I think that there's more money now among Democrats and there's in Republicans. That's just this is fact now. It's just the really really rich people in this country are pretty much Democrats now. The, I mean, like wealthy, like you know, leave no, your no, wife rich, like crazy it's ass. Been actually, for a while. Yeah. Well, so I have this one clip, Susan Rice BS, which is the. After listening to that clip that you just played, I think this clip is actually more interesting. What precisely did he say to you? He said, Greg, we're under attack. Would a highly decorated career diplomat have told you or Washington had there been a demonstration outside his facility that day? Yes, sir, he would have. Did he mention one word about a protest or a demonstration? No, sir, he did not. So fast forward, Mr. Hicks, to the Sunday talk shows and Ambassador Susan Rice. She blamed this attack on a video. In fact, she did it five different times. What was your reaction to that? I was stunned. My jaw dropped. And I was embarrassed. Did she talk to you before she went on the five Sunday talk shows? No, sir. You were the highest-ranking official in Libya at the time, correct? Yes, sir. And she did not bother to have a conversation with you before she went 
on national television. No, sir. You know, I'm hearing this, um, so this, uh, so this video, they probably here's probably how it went down. It's like, okay, we need something to blame to blame it all on. We've got September 11th. First of all, it's a great day to do it on because that's all ideal, ideological. Um, we can always use or fall back on this video because it wouldn't matter once you have a hostage situation. It doesn't matter what the why it happened or why it started, but somehow, and it's probably because of the the weapons that they were dealing from the quote unquote annex, which are supposed to go through Turkey from Turkey into Syria to arm the rebels, which we'll get to later, I'm sure. That something went wrong there, and that's when the whole thing just fell apart. But what upsets me? Well, not. I mean, I'm not really upset. I could give a crap. <laughs> but what is um, curious is that this is also a part of the charade, if you will. There is no truth. There's a little bit of stuff coming out here, and sure, there was some, you know, some lying, and but really, what actually happened is not going to come out. And I think these guys know, John. I mean, we know it. We we've had we the, the, come on. We can't have the best sources in the universe. ISA's got to know. Cummings has got. All no, these- I'm absolutely sure they all know, and and I think that this is what we're watching. And you kind of hinted at this earlier in the show. This is a kind of a scripted. It's kind of a fake. Yeah, it's like head fake. You know, we're going to try to see if we can bust you guys, and you're going to try to stop us. So we're going to try to bust you guys. So yeah. here, look what we got. We got three whistleblowers. We're going to – they're whistleblowers. And then there's Elijah Cummings, who's the douchebag of them all, who essentially threatens the whistleblowers <laughs> time and time again. And he does stuff like – let me play a clip. Uh, Cummings is uh, – I got clip after clip with this guy because he's the most amazing of this group. Try the – let's see. Cummings, rant, Cummings, follow up to Dempsey. Here, how can you question General Dempsey clip? Mr. X, in the interview with the committee staff, you stated, uh, and I quote, in my personal opinion, a fast mover flying over Benghazi at some point, you know, as soon as possible might very well have prevented some of the bad things that happened that night. Is that right? Did you say that? Yes, sir, I did. And you further stated, and I quote, I believe if we had been able to scramble a fighter or aircraft for two over Benghazi as quickly as possible after the attack commenced, I believe there would not have been a mortar attack on the annex in the morning because I believe the Libyans <laughs> would... Record uh, on Windows 8 much, John? <laughs> split. Go on. Is that right? Yes, sir. At a hearing in February before the Senate Armed <laughs> Services Committee, John, you can't you can't be uh, uh, instant messaging with your hose when you're recording audio. Stop that. General Dempsey, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, was asked whether we could have deployed F-16s from Aviano Air Base in Italy. Yes, and he explained why we could not. And this these are his words. All right, we can. And we're just trying to make sure we. Get the complete picture here. <laughs> for a couple of reasons, and I quote, this is a quote, for a couple of reasons. One is that in order to deploy them, it requires the, this is the middle of the night now. Ugh. These are not aircraft. Is this guy now, all, he, all of a sudden he's an expert in warfare? 
And he's an expert in Dempsey. He's an expert in droning on forever. Oh yeah, no, he goes on and on. Well, let me let me summarize before I, the thing starts ding. <laughs> what is this? We got to work There's on. There's a that. couple of clips. I'm, I'm I'm editing the clips. And I go, oh, what is this? <laughs> and you hand this to me. It, I'm recording it on the yeah. So there's the there's stuff but what? Going on the okay, background. but what is the ding? What what is happening? What is the alert for? I was trying to make a connection to some service, and it was just uh-huh. it was error messages. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, yeah. And so uh, this guy. <laughs> Were you doing that with the with dial-up terminal? <laughs> this guy goes on and on about. Do you qu- do you think that Dempsey's full of crap? Are you questioning the great general? Oh. And he does this over and over and over. He says, "I love these whistleblowers." This guy is a douchebag yeah. of the highest order I've ever seen. And th- and this idea of questioning somebody and going. So you disagree with General Dempsey when he right. testified before Congress, and the guy says, "No, I don't." He says, "I was told it was going to be three hours by the by the Defense Department liaison, which is what his answer. Can, luckily, he's kept his answer the same. I don't know what Dempsey said. I all I know is the Defense Department liaison officer said it would take three hours. Dempsey says that it wouldn't take it would take twenty hours to fly. For, I can fly to South Africa from SFO. I could, in less than that. These guys know. can punch a hole in the sky and be there in 18 minutes. Yeah. You're crazy? This is like this is nuts. And well, so Dempsey apparently has sold out. He's part of this the, the Well, okay, up. so so you know we, everybody's this is like a, a game they're playing that is just nerve-wracking. So is is it possible cuz this I'm just uh, shooting from the hip. This kind of fl- was flowing through my mind. Could it because you know we had a lot of people quit get fired etc right after all this went down like you know there were stand down orders ham everything people are out they're quitting uh, generals leaving you know quietly without big fanfare uh, 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 major generals or corporals I'm not sure of all the rank but we, we've tracked at least six or seven have just left very very quietly I'm thinking still there must have been some kind of smedley butler type military coup and Petraeus may have been part of it there was something brewing. There was really something brewing. And we may not know for another 20 years, but there was a lot of stuff that went down that this this little play that they're putting on, um, and it is. I mean, why else? You know, so Cummings has just gotten the memo um, that Jack Nicholson would give. It's like, you know, speak slowly. Don't bump into the furniture. You'll be good. And that's what the guy's doing. He's just wasting time. Actually, I've got the best Cummings. I won't keep playing Cummings stuff, but there's one thing he did. Big threats from Cummings, nutcase woman. Let me see which would Try playing uh, vague threats. This might be it. Okay. Uh, you, Mr. Hicks, as you on that night, um, it just reminded me of uh, the high cost. The high cost. Say, say it again. It's paid by so many of our folk in the diplomatic war. It also reminded me of their bravery and the fact that you all um, go around the world in foreign places Talk trying slower. to make a difference. And um, as I listened to your testimony, I could not help but um, think about something that I said very recently 
well, two years ago now, and a eulogy for a relative. I said that death is a part of life. <laughs> oh, you're a genius, Cummings. You Wait, are, it's better. Oh, I said this to myself. I said, self, put this on your Facebook timeline. Death is a part of life. But so often we have to find a way to make life a part of death. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> All right, I got one clip I want to add to this. Um, so this Hicks guy, who of course uh, uh, after uh, after he, he um, uh, questioned Susan Rice's uh, little uh, TV appearances, was demoted from pretty much the guy running the show to uh, a desk job, and um, and so here's Democrat. Uh, maybe this is this the this is not the New York lady, ja- Jackie. Sp- Spire, Spear, is that Jackie the... Spear, she's from California. Okay. Basically bribing the guy. I think you deserve to have a post in a location um, that you desire. Alaska. <laughs> it's like, what? And, and the guy was like, he's smiling now because he's part of the scam. So I would like to ask you, um, where would you like to be posted <laughs> well, let me think. Um, Geneva. If you continue to just, just play your role, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's if, your, no, it, no. It, just keep top, going. I think the post that you want is the Vatican. Oh boy! Apparently, all you do is party. It's it's that's all they do anyway. Yeah, it's true, but they have better wine there. I mean, <laughs> sure, from time you know there are there are, but you know, Chris Stevens was not in an embassy. He was in a consulate, which is pretty much a house, right next to the annex, which was the weapons depot of the CIA. All these code words are driving me nuts. Yeah, I know. They just don't, it's, they're definitely running a script on the public. Yeah. In case somebody does, in case one of these old white men actually does listen to C-SPAN instead of being distracted by the little girl's kidnapping yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, it seems as though uh, they're they're not taking any chances. And the thing was, the, the one thing, the Maloney piece, which you could just stopped in the, before she went on about how great Hillary is. Uh, now we can we can bring that back if you want. Yeah, we'll do it. That's not that important. But I, I'll just summarize some of it. She rips uh, ISA a, a new one because ISA went on the television saying that Hillary lied. She lied. <laughs> and she's trying to get her going. And, and and Maloney goes on about apparently the document. It, it actually becomes very interesting. What happened was ISA noted that when they asked for more security f- for the. Yeah, it was, it was denied and uh, and Hillary's signature was on the denial. Yeah, but it wasn't Hillary's signature. It was just her name. Yes, which is normal. Which is normal because they put her name on everything. Yeah. And so Maloney goes off the off the, the tracks and she demands that they put in a uh, an article from the Washington Post calling Isa a liar. And he's going so ordered. He doesn't care. In fact, he's so unfazed by this woman's attack yeah, but on I, his own yeah. committee that I'm actually stunned by it. And I think that kind of confirms that this is all rehearsed. Yeah, no, and, and, and Isa is totally in on this. Because these people are all douchebags. This this is what's so upsetting is that that I see so much so much of the alternative media, if you can call it that, actually thinking there's something going on here. 
It's all, every single bit of this is scripted, is set up, is bullcrap. I'm only interested in what will come out of it. Do, are they going to hang someone out? Will they hang well, someone they out to draw? have to throw somebody under the bus. I don't, I don't know. But they, I think they've already done that with Rice. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any any extra hanging or anything. These guys clearly don't want to get, and by the way, isn't it a great story? What really happened? What a great story. There's not a single um, journalist or publication that will go after the real story. And by the way, you can call me. Call me, people. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll point you to, I can get you my sources. Be a good script. Yeah, another well, project. It would have to be done. Let's see, the, the <laughs> script project. for Argo is what? How many years after the fact? 13? Yeah, yeah. So in 2026, maybe. this will make a hell of a movie. Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe we can do it. Let us, uh, by the way, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Oh, well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all the uh, uh, feet on the ground and the foots in the water and the uh, subs in the air and the uh, uh, troops in the uh, bunkers out there. <laughs> yes, in the morning and also in the morning to the actors on the hill. We might as well just call it out as what they really are and all of our human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Our artists, uh, special thanks to Martin JJ for providing the artwork for episode 510, our knights and dames, our barons, our baronets. And uh, there was actually a suggestion that came in uh, on the wire of, and you're the peerage officer, for a new level, um, the level of grand gentleman. Yeah, grand gentleman. Um, Which I think would be 404 would be a nice uh, level for that. So if, if the site is not found, you know, 404... The grand gentleman giving level. You know, you're kind of somewhere in between everything, but you're not really, you're just a, a, a distinguished member of society, such as Matt Cutts from Google, who is yeah, a he, grand he, gentleman. He's the grand gentleman. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, oh, yeah, well, uh, the peerage office will take that under consideration and we'll be back. We'll, we'll get back to you. Because it is, uh, it is our. I like the 404 donation, though. That's an yeah. interesting idea. We had. Uh, and you're on your way tonight. So we had we had a lot of problems with uh, you know Dvorak.org and many associated sites was uh, down for many many days. Uh, so people who could get through uh, did step up and jumped in and helped and uh, and or who weren't afraid I would basically say weren't afraid of whatever warning of thieves with bags of ones and zeros of data or reaching through your screen. And this is not unique. I think it happened to the Drudge Report as well. Yeah, and I, I don't think – this was supposedly a um, an injection of uh, WordPress blogs, and I don't know. Is Drudge – I didn't no. know maybe. It's possible that Drudge is running off of WordPress. I didn't I don't think, think he so. was. No. Now, this is, um, this is Google protecting their ad business. That's all that it is, but that's for another column you're going to write. Yeah. I'll help you with that one. Well, there's a lot of screwiness about this whole episode, I have to say. And what still gets me is um, is the fact that static pages were marked as uh, <laughs> a spam when they weren't, and stagnant pages, <laughs> and JPEGs that went over to your site yeah. were marked as yeah. infected when, they, which is not even a possibility. Well, the, uh, you can embed stuff in a JPEG, but it wasn't. It's just it's I, not. It just who wasn't does that. 
And and I'm still getting emails from people whose corporate firewalls are somehow tied into the uh, Google Gestapo database. Oh, yeah. In fact, I got a note from the two cows people asking me about this because they have some blacklist themselves. This is this is the end. This, the Internet is that it's, it, it's someday in the future. All the Internet is people is going to be Amazon, Google and a couple of news sites. How about porn? And well, the porn. Yeah, I wish the dot xxx thing would <laughs> do a little better. And yeah, I'm telling you, I'm I'm all over. I, I I put up a new random wire antenna yesterday just to get better reach uh, on my on the ham radio. And I got an ITM back last night, which is pretty funny. From Pennsylvania, you got an ITM. That's yeah nice. on the on the digital modes. I'm telling you, this is, this is how it's going to be. This is this is that's going to be the way we communicate. Yeah, so future. you enjoy the show while you can. Yes. Because it's probably got five years at the most of life. We don't even have five years of life. What are you talking about? <laughs> five years at most. Okay. So uh, let's thank a few people that, that yes. helped executive produce the show, In, including. Uh, Hold on, something's wrong here. Hold on. Hold on. Two, 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 two. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. And uh, beginning with a uh, instant night donation from uh, Sir uh, Thomas Pouillard. Uh, $1,000. Wow. He says, recently had a little good fortune, small bonus, at least enough to pay off my credit card. So I immediately knew I must donate to my friends at No Agenda. Also, I've recently had an unexpected contract with some additional work in Kuwait. Wow. So in all, it's the karma. Use it wisely. Hey, I so guess I do a baronet. So I don't know if he's on a list for that. No, but you know what? There's there's no list at all of titles today, and I'm a little worried about Well, that's about because this them. came in as a separate email. It was uh -huh. not in the spreadsheet, and I'm reading from the email. And okay. All right. You, you can, you know, you can try and so wash So he says, had I known the want. peerage was going to be added, I had may not have given my daughter the damehood back <laughs> in February. <laughs> Screw the kid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put him on. And as he a doesn't baronet. want a baronet because he says it sounds too feminine. I actually agree with that. Okay. Another reason to donate more, become a baron, not okay. a girly sounding baronet. All right, all right. So he's off the list. Great, Sir Thomas Pulliard. Thank you so much. And he um, needs some Carmen. He says seventy three. Yeah, totally. Yeah, seventy three is back at you. Absolutely. You've got karma. Um, I, I keep I, more and more people are putting these uh, official titles of associate producer or producer on their. Uh, uh, LinkedIn page. Yeah, and uh, and and people. And, but uh, I should find this note. Someone sent me an email and said, "I I put my uh, associate executive producer credit on my LinkedIn page." People were were contacting him and congratulating him, <laughs> and saying, "Hey, that's congratulations, man. That's really cool." <laughs> I'm telling you, it's real. People are like, oh, this sounds like a really great project you're working on. Doc, congratulations on your uh, executive producership." Uh, so you can do this too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, uh, Sir uh, Pouillard is. Uh, he's also he's a A ninety two GW in Bahrain, formerly KB nine YSZ. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna try and uh, do a QSO. Why are you laughing? Uh, you, you know, you'll be you'll be laughing when you're sitting there with, and all you can get to is Amazon.com, and I'm talking to everybody, and we'll all be laughing about you. KJ you still have six free liquid. shipping. Yeah. As long as you got free shipping, <laughs> I don't care. Two day shipping free. 
Yeah, exactly. Look, Vanderhelm uh, came in with uh, six hundred dollars direct deposit. It does that that completes his knighthood, doesn't it? Yes, he says thanks for the quick response. I thought he was a knight already. Mm. Didn't we knight him a couple weeks ago? No, I don't think so. Well, let's put him on the list. We'll knight him today. Okay. Get us something to do. Okay. Okay, he's on the list for today. Uh, he uh, sends a couple notes in because uh, he because I had to go find his the direct uh, deposits. Generally speaking, they come in on a email. And yeah, but this also came in through Europe, so I'm sure it was hanging around for yeah. So I had to while. dig it up, and uh, which is but it's a good direct deposit. It's about the amount of money that makes it worthwhile. If you, anything less than that is the chart, the fees are too high and it's a hassle. Right. Um, anyway, he uh, is carping at me for not answering his notes, uh, generally speaking. Well, don't feel, <laughs> don't feel bad because um, John doesn't answer my notes either. No, I do. I, I actually Rarely. Rarely. No. That's not true. No, it's very true. I, I am ve- I'm probably one of the best at, at, uh, at what? Ignoring people's email? At answering email. If I open it. <laughs> if you open it, yeah. Because here's your thing. I know you too well. Your thinking is, oh, I opened it. I might as well, <sighs> might as well do something with it. But most of the time, I think you just ignore. Jeff Wolfers in London, 33333, will be our other uh, third executive producer for show uh, 4511. Here's a few bucks to help you clean up your diseased website. I love Leo, <laughs> but hate. Uh, that F head Jarvis too. We've got a lot of interesting notes about people that like Jeff Jarvis. Well, he turns what? out that he's so he pretends that he like he's some the hoity-toity professor, but he only has a bachelor degree and he's teaching some experimental program. And by the way, he owns Google stock. And that's that's a you know he discloses it, but really, you're going to defend Google while you own stock in the company? Yeah, okay. oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, learn something new every day. Working my way toward knighthood, and eventually, who knows, I might be the Lord of London. Ooh. J-S-Y-K. I'm a denier, and so I give me an It's a Science and an L-G-Y. Till next time, shut up, slaves. <laughs> okay, so he wants uh, Dr. Kiki, I presume? Would that be a Dr. Kiki, or? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, shoot. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm whoa. Learn how to use a soundboard. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, man. You suck, boy. Shut up already. It's science. Yay! Did he need a karma as well? Yeah, give him one. I might as well give him karma. You've got karma. Science! And an extra science. Uh, Greg, uh, our dentite Greg Birch, Black Knight Greg in Port Angeles, Washington, $300. Dear uh, Nighthawk and Eagle Claw. Thanks for your sub-meta reporting and news ninjutsu. Woohoo! Uh, also, your deconstructive kung fu is very powerful. Mm. Keep fighting from the fortress in the foothills, the stronghold on the strait, the castle in the coast. Um, Port Angeles, Washington. Black Knight Prime Sir Greg Birch. My birthday is the 6th. And by the way, Eric DeShill is on the 18th, yeah. which is a ways away, but we should try to remember hey, that. Yeah, I just saw... Rick Perry on television welcoming the president at Bergstrom Airport. He's not even at the event I was invited to. Was Perry supposed to be at the event? Yes. Well, he's got to welcome the president. So that event sounds like it's going to be a total dog. Well, it's over now, I guess. Maybe they raced him from the event to the airport. Mm, Red lights and sirens, baby. Yeah, true. 
Liam Hemmings in Menton, someplace or other. Uh, 250 bucks. I don't think I have a note from him. Let me see. Hemmings, H-E-M-M-I-N-G-H-E-M-M-I-N-G-S. If I had more time in the day, I could do these. No, just, uh, no, 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 nothing. Nothing? Uh, but if he has something to say, send a note in, Liam. 250. Uh, Christopher O'Brien in Brighton, Massachusetts. 22307. Hey, John and Adam, I've been listening to you guys for the past year, and so I'm, I'm, or so, and I'm tired of feeling like a freeloading douchebag. <laughs> Please accept my PayPal balance, which is a great idea, as a start to my knighthood. The quality content you provide is certainly worth this much and even more. Keep up the good work. Please de-douche me and send some karma to my family. Thank you, too. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Two, uh, two more associate executive producers, including David Dolson, Sir David Dolson, actually in Houston, Texas, 20202. Uh, some much-needed job karma for myself and girlfriend would be appreciated. Hope the Google blacklisting de- debacle... Get solved. Love the show, David. You've got karma. And Marjorie uh, Papaccio, I think it's Papiccio. 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 Mount Laurel, Jersey, New Jersey. New Jersey. 200 bucks. Is donations for my husband, Matt. Please uh, wish him a happy birthday. See, make sure he's on the list. We could really use some living together karma since our jobs keep us apart during the week. It's been 10 months. Wow. It would be nice to live together again. Aww. Love the show. Aww. Thank you. Keep up the great work, Marjorie and Matt. Oh, wow. That sucks. That, that, that's another part of the American dream. Yeah, right. That mac and cheese. And- yeah. All right. Here's some living together karma for both of You've y'all. You've got karma. Wow. I feel bad about that. Anyway, that will be our uh, uh, executive and associate executive producers for show 511. Hope that everybody notices we can go back to Dvorak.org slash NA or the new uh, exact mirror of that is at donate.curry.com. Yeah, just in case. And uh, you should also make donation.curry.com in case people uh, get confused (laughs) with the same thing. Okay. Not like Dvorak by itself is not confusing. No, I agree. But I was when I was writing the newsletter, <laughs> yeah. which I hope everybody opened and read because we had some good stuff in there. Um, when I was writing the newsletter, you put, I you put wrote in donation. donation. Uh, okay. It seemed, made sense to me. And then I said, oh, donate. Okay. okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll fix that up. But meanwhile, not, a, we, you know, we have invested almost six years of uh, mind control programming in Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. So we want to make sure that you go there and put this on your LinkedIn. Uh, thank you very much to our executive producers and associate executive producers. Um, it, it, really, try it out. Put it on your LinkedIn. Uh, see what kind of response you get. You, you might even get a gig out of it. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, the only it, way to find out is by doing it. It's <laughs> No agenda producers are hiding in the craziest places. And, of course, everybody out there, you need to help us propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Now, we had discussed the six-week FBI cycle, and um, something interesting happened as it popped up. Six weeks after the three-week interruption, which is really only three weeks after 
the lighting of the of the fireworks in Boston. And this was in Minnesota, where it's it's gotten so sad now. Maybe there's just a different uh, uh, a different division in Minnesota. It's gotten so sad. They are they are going to old geezers in trailers and arresting him. <laughs> and, and, and and Diane Sawyer uh, had the story, of course. So you know when it's on ABC, you know it's uh, it's uh, fake. Or at least it's uh, they're, they're compromised, so they'll just propagate whatever is necessary. Uh, Diane, only uh, slightly drunk today. And tonight, also in the news, just three weeks after the Boston bombing, the FBI says they have broken up another terror plot. A terror plot. This is a single guy in a trailer with an American flag flying outside of his trailer upside down. Terror plot. And this one, reportedly a man with ties to an American militia group. They say he had a cache of weapons and explosives. So who was his target? ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas on that case. The FBI is describing this man as a potential domestic terrorist. Potential. Buford Rogers was arrested at his mobile home about two hours west of Minneapolis late last week after authorities allegedly found pipe bombs, <laughs> Molotov cocktails allegedly. for starting fires, oh. and Romanian AKM assault rifle like the one seen here. So th- th- you have to imagine this story. They're showing a YouTube video of someone shooting an AK-47 and you know, poof, 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 and, you know, and and the guy looks all scary, but it's not this guy. The guy who they arrested is toothless. And this is like, <laughs> it's like the one shown here. The Romanian AKM assault rifle like the one seen here. With an AK-47, particularly if it's modified to automatic. This is an expert for ABC. If that's the case. You can kill dozens of people in a minute or two. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that information. FBI and local police say they moved quickly against Rogers, a militia member, because he was planning attacks against local residents, possibly including government officials. You ready? You ready to hear the guy? Here he comes, the big scary militia with pipe bombs and AK-47s. His family says the charges are bogus. We have never done a violent thing like that in our life. <laughs> On his Facebook page two years ago, Rogers who says ago. he founded the Black Snake Militia spoke of a coming war with the government. Okay, now, you ready? Because if I had, if if I could be the exact same guy, if I had, was missing one tooth, if I, if, just listening to what they, they found suspicious from two years ago on his Facebook page, I'm getting arrested tomorrow. I just need to be missing one tooth. Allegedly writing, NWO, Woo! New World Order, yeah! has taken all of your freedoms, <laughs> right to bear arms, freedom of speech. Together we can fight back. We've got to arrest this son bitch. He's oh, no, man, this is terrible. And by the way, can <laughs> I interject here? Yeah, sure. They go and they find all the stuff, and then they they claim they found Molotov cocktails. Which is basically... You know what a Molotov cocktail is? Yeah, it's a bottle. Filled with gasoline or some other explosive yeah. or flammable. Yeah, or cleaning, with a rag stuffed yeah, in it. Cleaning fluid, essentially. Soaked in the in the material. So in other words, in his, ro- in his room there, he had... <laughs> Bottles of gasoline with a with a rag, which is mm-hmm. means the gasoline is evaporating into the room, stinking up the place twenty four seven. I yeah. guess I don't know how he sleeps in there. Yeah. That would be a Molotov cocktail. This is bull crap. Yes, it's it, like his family said, bogus. It's but except they should have said bogative. So if that doesn't frighten you enough, because you have to be scared, slave. How about the high school kid makes IED? 
And I would, oh, that's a good one. And I would like oh, to. Re- this story is such bullcrap. Yeah. Now I, w- I want to remind everybody that we on this program showed you when they redefined IED, and everything now has to become an IED, an improvised explosive device. No longer is it a cherry bomb, which I think this was, but it has to be an IED because it sounds scary. But not if you're a housekeeper. What can relieve some parents' minds this morning is police are saying that this teenager wasn't planning out on carrying any attacks, uh, nor was he planning on carrying any attacks at the high school. But you can. Can she speak English, this woman? Did you just hear what she said? She 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 can't even read her own script. They're planning on out and carrying attacks and carrying yeah. what? Too li- I've run into this before with this, these news readers. This is funny. It, what can relieve- again from the beginning. Yeah, that's very funny how she says that, actually. It, what can relieve some parents' minds this morning is police are saying that this teenager wasn't planning out on carrying any attacks. Wasn't planning out on carrying any attacks. Oh, man. Wasn't planning what on... What a botch. That's, that's, I bet you that was on the script. That's dyslexia. So, it could be, but I bet you she's reading from the prompter. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how it came she should, out. should medicate that woman. Uh, nor was he planning on carrying any attacks at the high school. Nor was he planning on carrying out any attacks. It's just horrible. But you can bet that investigators are asking who might have known at this school. Parents Ooh. told police that his friends taught him how to make these bombs. Here's ah. a little more information about the teenager. Okay. His name is Joshua Prater, 18 years old and a senior at Marcos Deniza. This is a photo as he was arrested. Last night. At this point, police don't know what he was doing with this IED or planning to do, if anything. We do know that there was at least one device. It was found by the cleaning lady at his house. She said she saw something in Prater's room that looked like a bomb and other materials to make more IEDs, took photos, then took a complete bomb <laughs> in her car and brought it to the nearest fire station. Exactly. So, okay, let's just, you know, let's just review. Uh, housekeeper, so <laughs> they have a housekeeper, first of all, <clears throat> said, hey, what is this? It looks like a bomb. Maybe I should take a picture. You know what? I'm going to take this bomb in my hands, in my car, to the police. Yeah, that's, that's what house- the ticket. That's the housekeeper way. I think there's a the, the American Association of Housekeepers have all agreed that if you find a bomb... In your client's house, then you need to take that in your hands to the police. They had an x-ray, and inside they saw that it was indeed a, a valid IED or an improvised explosive device. A valid IED, which means... As opposed uh, to an invalid IED? <laughs> which means, well, it's just like a weapon of mass destruction, which means, what was it, a quarter of an ounce of powder? That's yes. a weapon of mass destruction, so a valid IED could be a ladyfinger. It was something that, you know, wasn't big, but it was big enough that it could cause some very serious injuries, if not the death of somebody. Yeah. All right. Just like yeah. this gun can kill people in a matter of minutes. You know, I, I wonder, I should put this in the red book. Mm-hmm. I wonder when at some point where, this will happen at least in the school level, where some kid will have a rubber band gun in class. Mm-hmm. And he'll be end up being expelled. Oh, but this is this is already happening with kids who have like guns that uh, that blow bubbles. Are getting in trouble for that. Some girl um, 
I mean, these are all stories. I, I don't even bring them up on the show. She did a science experiment on oh, the, right. school, on the, the, classic, on the yeah. school grounds with, like, baking soda, and then the pop, you know, the top popped off, and then, oh, she was expelled. Kicked out of school. Kicked out school. of school, yeah. 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 We're doing a science experiment. It's, it's just nuts. When I was a kid, we had chemistry sets. You can't even buy one of these anymore. Oh, man. Remember that when you had sodium pentothal? We had in your chemistry. Uh, well, we set. had a lot of uh, potassium permanganate. You could uh, mix. In fact, this is still a good experiment. Can you still can you can you not buy chemistry sets anymore? Chemistry pretty much not the ones that we used to have when I was a kid. Oh, there's oh, uh, you know you can't do that. It's no good. Oh, give it away. The okay. kid's going to hurt themselves. Right. Let's take a look at the Chem three thousand. This looks like the deluxe model chemistry set. Let's see what's in here. If you can actually get anything good. What is this chemistry? Why did I get like a capture? What's the name of it? I'll look it up. What is it? It's the, the chem? chem 3000 chemistry set. Uh, it's very expensive. It's like $300. Okay. Chemistry sets aren't cheap. No, no. But what's in it? Is there anything good in it? Here's yeah. one. You can get Three... Chem C3000 for two twenty nine at Fat Brain. I keep getting a capture pop-up. Some crap. Here's it. Here. Amazon has it. Yeah. Free shipping. <laughs> uh, Amazon Prime has it for two eighteen. That's a steal. All right, what's in it? Easy for you to say. What's in it? I'm trying to find out. My browser just went. Can into I that. can I make meth from this lab? Let's see. <laughs> it has a lot of beakers and cylinders, and but where's the? It doesn't have any chemicals. Ah, uh, my browser just went into not responding. <laughs> Never mind. All I did was click on the. Uh, it's not that important. Link. It's not that important. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I guarantee it's, it's got you know nothing going on. Some beakers and some you know Florence flask and Erlenmeyer, you know that kind of thing. You can probably it helps you determine how you know how vinegary the wine is. Maybe you can do that. In there. So I just got an email from Mike V. So I've been listening for half a year. Love your work. Unfortunately, I'm a student and unpaid intern. I don't have a damn cent to send you guys. This may change in the future unless you get bagged and tagged before I work a real job. Anyway, in episode 511, I hear you saying you had sources for the real story on the October surprise Benghazi attack. I'm an aspiring journalist, and I want them. Yeah. Dude, I don't want you to die before you can make a donation. <laughs> a Poor. good point. Yeah. Who talk about being bagged and tagged. No, no, no. So the war on crazy is kind of coming to an interesting, uh, <clears throat> an interesting head. As the DSM-5 now comes out, uh, there's not one, but there's two books. Uh, the Story of Woe is uh, the story about the DSM, and there's another book called Cracked. And uh, there's uh, this new story which been, has been going around, which is, uh, is, is actually uh, propaganda and PR for the DSM, uh, but the way it's being tweeted is people thinking like, oh, this is uh, this is fantastic. The government wants to get off the DSM. They want to change to something else. Uh, but no one. Yeah, it's like a I don't, people don't read. They just see a headline and like and the headline is government wants to distance itself from uh, DSM. Actually, National Institute of Mental Health abandoning the DSM mind hacks. No. That's not what's happening. In fact, if anything, the government's getting in the business. The DSM is not a government uh, operation. It is a complete collaboration between the, uh, the, the pharmaceutical industry and the so-called doctors. And it's a, it's a very nice uh, relationship they've had for many, many years. And I think the government 
uh, they want to do they want to implement something called the RDOC, which is the Research Domain Criteria, which is not it's an idea. It's nothing more than idea right now. No one is distancing themselves. If anything, the National Institute of Health is promoting DSM, so you all know that there's a new version out. Nothing is. It'll take ten years before anything is is uh, is done in this uh, research domain criteria, and they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. This, this, you cra- that's just crazy talk. If you think it is. Here is a a nice piece from an interview on the Today program, BBC Radio 4, the author of the book Cracked. And um, the guy guy on the phone uh, who's in this interview, in this conversation, is a uh, psychologist. He's a member of the Royal Royal Academy of Psychology. Uh, That's what's being debated. And I think there's another really important issue that needs to be raised with respect to all of this. And this is to do with, and it's a rather thorny area, but it's to do with the links between the pharmaceutical industry and psychiatry. Ah, Because your suspicion is that you medicalise it, give it a name, then insurance companies pay up, particularly in the United States, and they'll pay for people to have drugs for it. Well, yes. I mean, psychiatrists get paid more money from the pharmaceutical industry than doctors in any other medical speciality. And when we look at DSM-5, of the 29 people who put that manual together, a full 21 um, have had strong financial ties to uh, the industry, including the chair and the vice chair. Necratic, George? Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, let, let me just Sorry, say, you're agreeing with that, uh, are no, you? No, 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 okay. no, absolutely, I want to comment That's on right. it. No, no, no. Let's, let me just reiterate that DSM is an American system. A lot of the criticisms and comments that are made in the book and that are being rehearsed um, by Dr. Davis at the moment uh, relate to the American system. Uh, he made that rather general statement about uh, psychiatrists have more money from drug companies than other doctors or whatever. That's may or may not be true in the States. It absolutely is not true within the context of the UK and the National Health Service. Uh, Psychiatrists are working under difficult circumstances in our National Health Service. Uh, Their motivation is not uh, to please drug companies to get payments. They're doing the very best they can for patients, trying to balance the right um, uh, treatment, be they social intervention, psychological. Are the outcomes necratic subject to the same kinds of uh, controlled testing as other other drugs? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a major... major, um, Are you bored or something? No, I'm playing this this the lament this guy's saying because it's obvious that <laughs> the sorry. UK the UK system is honest and they would never stoop to something like oh. taking extra oh, money because well, they're paid so much. Well, wait ten seconds. This representation in the book is the claim that psychiatric treatments don't work and this sort of thing. There's actually very good evidence that the range of psychiatric treatments that we have for psychiatric disorders are. Are roughly the same level of effectiveness as the range of treatments okay. for physical disorders. Let me give last word to James Davis. Then, James, yes. have you, you you're onto something, but maybe overcooked the conclusion. No, no, I, I, I completely disagree with, with Nick. Nick um, has received money from the industry, as many senior <laughs> uh, psychiatrists in Britain have. So I, I disagree with him on, on that point. The DSM is highly influential here in Britain, and I do agree that antidepressants work. I simply say, which is consistent with the research, that antidepressants work not for the reason reasons people believe they largely work because of their placebo effects right. and not because of any chemicals in the actual uh, pill itself. <laughs> wow. So Talk I re- about a pissing fight. Oh, yeah. So I received a, um, 
a very cool email about that. Let me see where uh, where is it? Here it is. Very cool email. Hey, Adam. Uh, writes Garrett. My brother hit me in the mouth a while ago. He suggested I should email you after my run-in with Haldol. Ah. You brought it up again in the last episode, so I feel compelled to tell you my story. You guys are absolutely 100% right about that shit. I got really drunk on New Year's, ended up in the hospital after getting beat up by staff at a club in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> That's our audience, ladies and gentlemen. Right on. I don't remember any of it, but I woke up the next day in the hospital after they had injected me with Haldol. After a few hours, I started getting insane side effects. My neck was contorting to the left as far as it could go, and my teeth would not stop grinding. I think I even chipped some teeth after hearing them start cracking. I kid oh, you not. I, I wanted to die. It lasted days. I had to call out of work for three days because of the side effects. I was also extremely dizzy for those three days, and I couldn't drive. I was so dizzy. Haldol should be illegal. I would not wish it upon my worst enemy. After the doctors told me they had injected me with Haldol, I proceeded to explain that they should never give that shit to anybody. Uh, I, I, I told them I knew all about the side effects from a podcast that I listened to. No agenda. <laughs> Great. Thanks for propagating the formula. Yeah. <laughs> There was no agenda. There was no agenda. Oh, that show's just crazy talk. So um, sticking on the crazy, because this is a... I don't think we've spoken about the FOD, which is a very, very serious uh, 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 syndrome that is spoken about in the DSM. Very, very serious, uh, John. Are you familiar with the FOD? Uh, FOD? Yeah, FOD. Uh, that means foreign object debris. No, female orgasmic disorder. Oh, this is where a woman uh, has... No, no, you'd think. You think that she can't stop, you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, Female orgasmic disorder, or FOD, is the persistent or recurrent inability of a woman to have an orgasm after adequate sexual arousal and sexual stimulation. How about you? you're not doing it right? According Isn't there to another word for uh, that that we used to always use, frigid. <laughs> According to the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, this lack of response can be primary, as in a woman has never had an orgasm, or secondary. Acquired... That would be frigid. That's the old word. Why are they changing their our, our tried and true terms? Because then you can give them something. This is where we need to have the Viagra. For oh, women. I see. You need to. You can't give them something for that. Yeah, you got to yeah. come up with a term. Let's see if there's a treatment. Uh, okay, they actually are testing sildenafil, Viagra, on women's uh, sexual response. Of course, why not? It seems oh, like yeah. talk therapy. Milk it. Talk therapy seems to be the way to go. Oh, really? What? <laughs> Uh, talk therapy. Talk, talk therapy, really. And then uh, Lauren Hill. Uh, you know who Lauren Hill is? Yes. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Lauren Hill, very famous uh, R&B singer. Kind of more like reggae singer, actually. Um, we discussed her on the show previously. She had a, a tax problem. and um, she, I mean, she, Lauren Hill is like beautiful woman, you know, just... Awesome song, awesome songs. Women love Lauren Hill, by the way. So she was convicted of tax fraud uh, and a little additional uh, sentencing there from the judge. 
Grammy Award-winning singer Lauren Hill has been ordered by a judge to, quote, undergo counselling because of her conspiracy theories. What was her conspiracy theory? That the music industry oppresses people with actual talent in favour of pumping out mindless crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So she has to undergo because cons- she said uh, the the music industry is run by the Illuminati. Yeah, <laughs> and so the judge said, "No, you have to. Un- you, you really need to undergo." Uh, center, uh, the center, the center. Get get shoot her up with hell to all this crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. It's but it's it's getting a little frightening when you say when you just do crazy talk. As, as you know, as long as they, I mean, I'm paying my taxes on time. I'll tell you that. Because, you know, you don't want to get in trouble with the law because the minute they can get anything on you, then they bring out all the crazy stuff. Can you imagine what a treasure trove they could they would have on me? Oh, yeah, you'd be worth a lot. <laughs> to to just To the guys who just get a kick out of it. So Lauren Hill, this, this is like when they get James, but they, they get these, these music people who are usually managed. It's oh, yeah. not as though yeah. they do their taxes, but they're managed by a group of hangers-on. Right. And they find they always like to catch one and make a big deal about it, so they can be scare the public into paying their taxes. This is very common every yeah. year; it happens yep. to someone or other. What was the actor that they going to throw in jail? Uh, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, they, he was like a big uh, James Brown was one of them. Uh, they seem to be picking on the black folk <laughs> more than <laughs> yeah. usual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they, if they wanted to get some serious money, they'd go over there and. Uh, you know, hit one of the venture capital guys that everyone knows or tries to get a lot of publicity. Nah, it few. won't happen, won't happen. Of course not. And uh, here's the president uh, at Ohio State. We, the people, ah. chose to do these things together because we know this country cannot accomplish great things if we pursue nothing greater than our own individual ambition. Unfortunately, you've grown up hearing voices that incessantly warn of government as nothing more than some separate sinister entity that's at the root of all our problems. <laughs> but enough about the No Agenda show. Let me. <laughs> some of these same vo- voices also do their best to gum up the works. Oh, gum it up. I'm gumming up. <laughs> They'll warn that tyranny is always lurking just around the corner. <laughs> it's, it under, it's under my bed. <laughs> You should reject these voices. Reject. Oh, yeah. <laughs> reject. 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 Reject those voices. Because yeah, what they suggest is that our... What? I said I, this is a very funny speech. It, it is. Brave doing and creative State. and yeah. unique experiment in self-rule is somehow just a sham. Sham. With which we can't be trusted. No. No, in fact, I'll tell you why you can't be trusted. Here is uh, then-candidate Barack Obama, Barry Sotero. In 2007, this is just poetic. Administration also puts forward a false choice. He's talking about the Bush administration. Between the liberties we cherish and the security we provide, I will provide our intelligence and law enforcement agencies with the tools they need to track and take out the terrorists without undermining our Constitution and our freedom. That's called Facebook. That means no more illegal wiretapping of American citizens. <laughs> no, we just sweep it all up, record everything. And when we need, you, have you noticed how many people are surprised by this news? That every single phone, every conversation you make on any phone device, and I will include this on uh, Skype, yeah. is yeah. stored. Yeah. I mean, what kind of quantum storage do you have to have? Well, that's why they have to. They, I think they're going to build this. You know, these machines in Utah and Colorado yeah. that yeah. are like 
you know, they're just massive giant computers that are just doing – they're actually <laughs> storage systems. That's LEMC, which is a part oh, of the yeah. – uh, yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of people believe it's a, a CIA front. Anytime you have a three-letter company, there's a, usually some yeah. agency thing yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, and so they – this is probably NSA, though, uh, with the EMC group. And they're just throwing hard disks, piling them up. And so everything – it's really – I think is there, there was something very creative about the idea. It goes like you would just record everything, and then if you can get the uh, – a warrant for a wiretap, it goes back in time. You see, I, d- I don't think that's how it's happening. I, I, I disagree with that assessment. I'm, I'm sticking to it. Okay. The way I see it happening is, you know, you're on AT&T, AT&T is storing everything. It's part of the deal. You're on Verizon, Verizon is storing everything. You know, so everyone is responsible for their own, for their own bit. I don't think they can be trusted. Well... Well, I mean, we it's can't. A lot trust. of storage, and AT and T doesn't want to store anything. They just want to make money. I believe it's being it's going to be centralized, and it's going to be all done in reverse order. So you get the wiretap. They go after you. Right. Now it's like it's like a search warrant. Yes. You, you, the search warrant is searching stuff that's already been in your house. It's not doing <clears> anything in the future. I mean, in the olden days, because of the nature, you couldn't record these conversations. The wiretap would give you in the future conversations. You get the wiretap on the on the gangster. Now you can start listening in with rules. You know, right. he's not talking, but he's just talking to his daughter. We have to stop listening, which I've always yeah. found bogative. Yeah. But now you get the. It's more like a search warrant. You get to search the old conversations. So listen. To, I think it's personally think it's genius. So when you hear this, uh, the forty seconds left on this clip. Everything the president said he would not do, he's doing. This is just proof of the upside-down nature of the world. And every, black is white, white is black, yes is no, truth is lies. Without undermining our Constitution and our freedom. That means no more illegal wiretapping of American citizens. Okay, so that's not true. No more national security letters to spy on citizens who are not suspected of a crime. Wow. I mean, I have never heard him talk about national security letters since this this video i it's, haven't either it's never discussed he must have gotten one yeah well <laughs> or he found out how cool they were it's like i oh, only put that in the speech these things are awesome awesome no more tracking citizens who do nothing more than protest a misguided war <laughs> but if you protest anything else we're tracking you no more ignoring the law when it is inconvenient <laughs> that is not who we are no and it's not what is necessary to defeat the terrorists Oh. The FISA court works. Oh, that one hurt. That one really, it works. The separation of powers works. Mm-hmm. Our Constitution works. Mm-hmm. We, well, then don't try and mess with it then. We will again set an example for the world that the law is not subject to the whims of stubborn rulers and that justice is not arbitrary. This administration acts like violating civil liberties is the way to enhance our security. It is not. There are no shortcuts to protecting America. <laughs> Which is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, no, he's worse than Bush. <laughs> this is guy. This is why the, the left is so confused by this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking. Okay, so th- I'm glad you brought that up. So when it comes to Obama bots, like a, a real, a real lefty leftist, a, a celebrity, Chevy Chase has got to be a great, a prime example. Now, Chevy Chase, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, in, in different countries who listen to this program, 
Uh, he was on uh, Saturday Night Live, very famous uh, actor comedian, and he'd done all the National Lampoon Vacation series. And and he, so, uh, things took a turn for the worse for him. When, remember, when he did that talk show. Yeah, and it, well, actually, the talk show which failed miserably because it was because he's not he's no, not. A it, it was from type. from ep, from the first show. It was the worst. Right, and thing it, what, ever. was and I a lot of people always forget that Carson had a little bit to do with burying him by making the comment that everyone picked up on. Chevy Chase couldn't ad lib a fart after a bean dinner. <laughs> I hadn't. I don't. I'd never heard that one. Yes, and that's what Carson yeah. said, and uh, that was that everyone that, that, started. Paying attention, and then Chase yeah. was done. Was it like was it on Fox or something? I think it was on Fox. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, we are change caught up with Chevy Chase, and um, I mean, you listen to this, and and you you, you almost want to ask the question. Uh, where is it? Here, you almost want to ask yourself. Trump, Trump. Listen to Chevy Chase about. President Obama and his policies, and tell me if this guy is drunk, not drunk, or just confused and insane. Just one question. I was wondering if you had an opinion about Barack Obama promising to close down Gitmo, but not close it. Say again. I, I wonder if... It's a very simple question, right? It's a simple question. Do you have an opinion on... The promise to close down Guantanamo Bay or not? You have an opinion about Barack Obama closing, saying he was going to close down Gitmo, but not yeah. closing it. What do you think about that? You know, it, it's funny because I, what I like about Barack Obama is that um, he he doesn't he he chooses his priorities as he learns more, <laughs> and I think that he realized that in this given situation that recently came up. New York was not the place, and uh, that a marshal, a court marshal, you know, I mean, a, a martial law situation was better. And uh, so, you know, I mean, here's a guy who's really young, feeling his way along. I voted for him. I, I, I very much like him, but I do feel that he's a young man, and that therefore he has to, in a way, feel his way along. There might have been president who's 67 like me who already knew exactly how he felt da, 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 da. so I'm, i don't hold it against him at all are you a little bit worried about american reputation for torture and holding people without charging them uh no more than any other country frankly yes. uh, because i think i i uh worry about that for anybody but you know i hate to read that a cop just shot a kid y you know what i mean it's, it's, it doesn't mean i'm against the police or cops it's just that certain people in certain positions are in that position so that they can have power and shoot a gun you know so i mean i have my opinions about those things and, and i the whole concept of torture no matter where it comes from is an is is awful to me but I'm not any more worried about it coming from us than anywhere else. I, uh, I, I'm not there. I'm not seeing it. I just read what I can. <laughs> I just read what I can. <laughs> just read what I this can. This guy is, but that's, this is the confused left. They have no yeah, because they're short, short circuited. They, yes, you know, they, yes, I've, yeah, totally short circuited, and they all they end up talking like this, babbling about stuff and trying to make excuses when there is none. And it's just, yeah, it's quite funny. And I don't think he was drunk. No, I know. No, short circuited is is exactly what it is. We have 
they're they're seeing all these because people, of course, inherently they know their body tells them when when things are not right. And um, so here's uh, you know, uh, did you see the the nominations? It kind of slipped under the radar. One of those things that you never you know, it's like whoop, what happened there about um, President Obama's nom- nominee for Commerce Secretary? Did you see this at all? Did you find out? Did you hear about this? Yeah, I think so. The president today named his choice for Commerce Secretary Penny Pritzker. She's a veteran of the President's Council on Jobs and Competitiveness. She was also, importantly, an early supporter of Obama's 04 Senate campaign, coming through with money when he was struggling. She has a reported net worth of close to $2 billion. Pritzker family made their fortune in the Hyatt Hotel chain. They've given away a fortune as well. Their philanthropy includes the Pritzker Prize for Architecture and the Pritzker Military Library in Chicago. So so this is heralded as, oh, you know, it's fantastic, you know, philanthropist. This woman, besides getting a huge bailout with her family's uh, SNL loan, uh, the, the SNL bank, she, they run the Hyatt Hotels, which is the worst. It's like a slave quarters for for uh, particularly Mexicans. They, they, <laughs> I mean, you, if you you cannot drive down Sunset in uh, California without seeing Mexicans boycotting the the Hyatt Hotel on Sunset, because you know, they, they even have HyattHurts.org. They've got a boycott the Hyatt. This woman is horrible, and why is she she's 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 been nominated? as the commerce secretary because she raised hundreds of millions of dollars for the president. This is such an obvious payoff. Yes, yeah, so she's a bundler, and so she gets this oh. bullcrap job. It's not even a bullcrap job. I can't imagine her even showing up. She, she becomes a part of the administration. Now, here's, uh, here's him actually in the Rose Guard just fawning all over First, her. I'm nominating Penny Pritzker serve as my Secretary of Commerce. Now, that's a real job, John. That's not like a bullcrap ambassador thing. Secretary of Commerce. Yeah, you, that's you, what I'm saying. She's not going to do it, the job. But you get to do stuff. You have power when you're a Secretary of Commerce. And, you know, and they're going on vacations together. Uh, Penny is one of our country's most distinguished business leaders. She's got more than 25 years of management experience in industries, including real estate, finance, and hospitality. 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 <laughs> She's built companies from the ground up. From her family's money. She knows from experience that what no government... says she built uh, build from the ground up? The Hyatt. The program alone can take the place of a great... Hyatt logic. was there long before her. I know. It's not true. That's why it's so funny. Or she knows that what we can do is to give every business and every worker the best possible chance to succeed by making America a magnet for good jobs. Yeah, you really need to see this this HyattHurts.org. This is not the general perception of this woman, her family, or the Hyatt Hotels. And Penny understands that just as great companies strengthen the communities around them, strong communities and skilled workers also help companies thrive. <laughs> so she's been an extraordinary civic leader in our shared hometown of Chicago. She oh, served there you go. Uh, as a member of my jobs council. Jobs. She was the driving out? force behind Skills for America's Future, which is a program that brings together companies and community colleges to shape and prepare uh, you know, skills-based training programs for workers that are slaves tied into the businesses <laughs> uh, that potentially will hire them. Did you hear that sentence? Yeah, potentially. Potentially, we'll hire them. 
she also her um which bank what was the name of it maybe it was called oh superior bank that's what it was huge subprime lender um folded yeah she was the chairman of this bank until yes and the, the joke is that it says here uh, there's a quote. I've gotten this from the wiki, uh, from the Book of Knowledge. Uh-huh. Quote in the New York Times, a Pritzker family head observed Pritzker was trapped in a deal of her uncle's making. Yeah. Penny got sucked into this. This was really the legacy of Jay. <laughs> so, uh, so in other words, she's like a dummy. She got sucked into something. I think that's like actually pretty telling. Right. She also co-founded the Parking Spot. What's the that? The fastest growing company of off-site airport parking management. Mm. With CEO Martin Nesbitt. And she's always always a, got a partner who really yeah, does the work. Of course, and she's just the mon- the money bags. Yeah, she's, she's worth one point eight billion dollars. Yeah, and, and so this is where the short the short circuit uh, happens. People are seeing this. You know, the Chevy Chase too. He's like, uh, this is really weird because, you know, like isn't the richest dude like Mitt Romney? No, <laughs> no. No, look what the real wealth is. It's like Elon Musk. I'm tired of this this dude too. You know, Elon Musk, how much money he has gotten from the government to build these toys? Yeah, like 450 million for the for the battery car. He's I think he's actually suing the government now because he didn't get enough money for his oh, what was it? I have it in here. Did you see did you see this is like hey, for his rocket yeah, here, Solar City. Okay, here it is. Um, so, Solar City is God knows. I guess we're all going to live on sun energy. It's going to be great. So, Solar City got $95.5 million as for a stimulus grant. And now he's suing the government because he feels he should have gotten more. <laughs> what gall. Yeah. Well, he's going to find himself with a tit in a ringer if he keeps this kind of idea up. It's not going to work. You don't do it that way. Did you read the article in the New York Times, I think it was yesterday, where they just took uh, Kleiner Perkins to task? No, no, no. Tell me. Tell me. Oh, you should. It's a great article. For one thing, Kleiner Perkins was because John Doors was an advisor, advisor to the president when yeah. Fisker got yeah. like $100 million. No, no, of, no, no, uh, no, no. $500 million. $500 million of loans, and now they're going broke. No, they are and, broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just keep correcting me, dear. Well, I know this because Ray Lane, who was on our board, this was he left our board to do this whole Fisker deal. That's yeah. how I'm intimately knowledgeable about what happened here. Well, so they're taking apparently the whole all the last funds, you know, the last big money making fund that they did was in the mid 90s. With and everyone's been less and less. And now they're losing money in all these funds, yeah. you know, that they put together the way people the way this works is uh, for people out there who don't know how venture capital companies work. If you have like a few million dollars, it takes actually maybe 10 million dollars minimum to get in on what they call a fund. And that's where they put together a package of companies and then they they sell it to the investors and then now, now you own all these little companies and as they go public it, it starts to disperse the money back and you get the x percentage back it used to be like you used to get three times your money back and then it became like you got double your money and then you now, got now it's like minus now you, negative ever since al gore yeah. was brought in by john door <laughs> and bono and went and they went green they went all yeah. the green tech green yeah. tech in fact yeah. there's a quote in the article about john door saying green tech is going to be bigger than anything is ever been and so now they're losing their ass 
and they also on green. And you can see this coming down Broadway, and this bullcrapper Al Gore apparently is always floating around the office over there oh, with yeah. five bodyguards. No, that's not true. That's not true. He has two sheriffs. Because I've been there when he was there. So he has two sheriffs? Two sh- sheriffs, yeah. <laughs> you mean government employees, people sheriffs. that we pay taxes on? Sheriffs, yeah. Yeah, he's got sheriffs. I thought he had bodyguards that he would either hire or the federal government. Well, they made the, the, like no one who was with him looked like a bodyguard, but he's got two sheriffs. One always sits outside in the front, at the, at the front door, literally, where you can't park. Of course, he's parked there. And then, so he has a driver. So maybe the driver's a bodyguard. But he has th- three people, two sheriffs and his driver. He doesn't have four. He's got yeah. three. Yeah. Whatever the case is, he apparently likes to uh, wander around with cops. I don't know. But I, but I remember, yeah, so. You know, He's the green guy that yeah. screwed them over. Yeah. No, I, I, somewhere I, I did an interview with John Doerr, Ray Lane. Uh, there was another guy. I, I did a podcast about it and I put it out. And it was all about how the green tech, green tech, that was when they started the green tech fund. This must have been 2006. And it was just all about how fantastic it was going to be. Well, good luck with that. And uh, so, yeah. Now, did you really say tit in a ringer? Where does that uh, expression come from? How does, what, what is the etymology of the tit in a ringer? Tit in a ringer. Yeah. Well, the original washing machines used to have these rollers. Uh, and that's the, how you'd wring out the water. Today's washing machine, they use a high-speed uh, spinning action. And so the clothes in the washing machine get spun and spun and spun really fast, and it goes on for like five minutes of spinning, and the centrifugal force pushes the water through the holes, and it dries the uh, the clothes. In the olden days, where they didn't have a, a, a spinning basket, they had a, a just a tub that had a, a, a things you know things swishing back and forth to agitate the clothes there was no way of spinning the water out so you take the clothes out of these baskets and run it through the ringer which is a two rubber Uh rollers that squeeze the water out of the clothes and not that i've ever used one of these by the way but i they they're fascinating to look at Uh, they squeeze the water out of the clothes and you and the the imagination was as the woman was bending over to put the stuff in her tit would get in the ringer (laughs) And they couldn't no. get it out. No. Yes, that's where Tit in a Ringer comes from. <laughs> really? Yeah. That right there is the true value of this podcast. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. John, thank you very much. That you have enlightened my life with that story. But that, but I, this is uh, when you had must have had kind of saggy boobs. For the, to, <laughs> you to, have a few people to thank before he gets himself into trouble. Paul Darling, Westfield, Massachusetts, nuts, hundred bucks. Uh, Sir Gear in Oslo, nice. Uh, always um, a pleasure to hear from him. It's going to be uh, current status now USD 800 and the next title to be donated to his daughter. We'll look forward to that. John Anderson in Lafayette, Louisiana, $100. Uh, Richard Troiano in Folsom, California. Uh, he makes an illusion about uh, some sexual act against the Googlers. Uh, <laughs> he said, he said, this is take the, the, the blackballing that happened to us. He says it had the same thing happen to him before his blog and, uh, got canceled by the hosting account because Google would not not listen to any of my complaints. Interesting. Wow. Eric Olson, Water Valley, Mississippi, ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, Doctor 
Sir Nenninger, ninety nine ninety one. Um, he liked the cooking class stuff that we do on the show. Oh, Boulder, good. Colorado. Uh, here's your eight 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 eight. Uh, and then we have another one of the donations from Capital Idea Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, 8334. I don't, we're not reading these notes anymore, but he says, you guys are a bag of dicks, five of 12. All right. Perfect. So Oops. Seven more, uh, <laughs> seven, uh, seven more seven more donations where he calls us names. Okay. Right. I'm down Jeff, with that. It feels can good. Can I say Jeff Marcy in yeah. Richmond Hill, Ontario, 75. Now, you got to read this note because this really, this was a huge compliment, I thought. When George Carlin died, I thought I'd never find the perfect dose of comedy with a wake-up poke in the eye starting listening in November, and you guys are it. Wow. Take my PayPal balance, and please give my wife and I some good baby karma. She's expecting in November. Jeff from Toronto. You've got... Karma. Thank you. That I mean, I don't think we're the worthy, but I really do. I mean, it. If, 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 <laughs> I guess as a fallback, if there's nothing else out there, yeah, that's Brian Williams, Streamwood, Illinois, seventy-three, seventy-three. Brian Hall, Ann Arbor, Michigan, seventy-three, seventy-three. PayPal barfed on me the first time around, so I'll be succinct. Some Swazant Nuf karma might be appreciated. Four point five years of radio silence and some CW karma, since I'm one of those universally despised no code. <laughs> and no I'd like code. to get in the QRPCW game. <laughs> well. Handle Moses. Hey, stay, 73DE. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Me. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm working on something that is going to be very cool. T-I-Y. <laughs> uh, William, we, we will have some karma at the end for all the people yeah, who request sure. this group. For sure. Holland, Pennsylvania. William Bagden. So, oh. Interesting. Michael Bowling, uh, Santa Barbara, California. Too many dicks, not enough Richards, he says. P.S. Bowling is pronounced like the ball, which is exactly the way I pronounce it. Jay Zucal, Los Angeles, California, 6969. Charles Anderson, Sir Charles, actually, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, 6969. He's a knight, so we'll give some job hunting karma. Mm hmm. You've got karma. Navid Khan, Jersey City, New Jersey. And Navid from Jersey City. Wow. Uh, Eric Nagel, Bunschoten Utrecht. Bunschoten Utrecht. Utrecht, very good. Greg, Gregory Ball in Walsentine in someplace. <laughs> Tyne in, let me open this up. It's UK. Tyne so. in where? Hmm. It's in the UK, I guess. I think so. Victor, Victor Gregg, Sir Victor Gregg to you in Decatur, Georgia, 6969. Um... He's going to be at the Lomiere Art Show in Lomiere Garden in St. Louis for Mother's Day. Did 25% discount for No Agenda fans at the insectworks.com booth. All right. We're game for that. That's Anthony a good Garlinger, deal. Downers Grove, Illinois, 6969, calling us the guardians of reality that we are. Uh, Michael Kowalczyk. Kowal Kowal uh, maybe. Hold on a second. Kowalczyk. Yeah, no, my spreadsheet got stuck. <laughs> well, jiggle it. I'm, I'm punching it. <laughs> he's in Bellmead, New Jersey. Uh, and he's going to request some karma we'll give him at the end. Paul Vella, Sir Paul Vella in Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire, 69-69. And Vivello in Eindhoven, 
6969. He says uh, you can use a Dutch rim shot appreciation society. Give them a... Uh, give them all the closing of the 6969 segment. 6969, 69, Okay. Uh, Adam Reednauer in Kettering, Ohio. Fifth double nickels on the dime. Sam Menner, double nickels on the dime. If in Victoria, uh, actually, looks like he gave two double nickels on the dime donations. Hmm. Uh, from Victoria, Australia, Eric Gunderson in Altoona, Wisconsin, double nickels on the dime. Martin Krupka, Jacksonville, Florida, double nickels on the dime. What is this, the double nickels on the dime day? <laughs> Christy Pitts, uh, parts unknown, double nickels on the dime. Uh, onward, uh, Mr. Peabody in Natchitoch. Oh, come on, come on, you can do it. Uh, it's Natchitoch. Natchitoche or something. What was it? Natchitosh. 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 Louisiana, double nickels on the dime. Sir Dr. Sharkey in Jackson, Tennessee, double nickels on the dime. Eric Schmidt, not the Eric Schmidt, but the <laughs> Eric Schmidt, the good one in Frankfurt, double, oh, 5150. <laughs> the good one. The non-evil one. The non-evil one. He says, already enough bashing of Eric Schmidt. Not in, related to that Schmidt, nor employed at Google. <laughs> I wanted to clear my name. Yeah. Uh, Todd LG in Katy, Tech, Katy Texas, uh, 5110. Uh, Thomas Kalinowski in Selden, New York, uh, $50.50. And then we have a bunch of everyone else who comes in with 50 which is including Dan Dudas <laughs> in Ohio, Gus Engstrom in Seattle, Washington, Brian Watson in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, that came in as a check. Brian Bateman in Portland, Oregon. Alan Bean, uh, our friend, our knight over Sir Alan Bean in Oakland. And finally, Tim Chapman in Spokane, Washington. And Christopher Walker, uh, parts unknown. I'm sorry, and Alan Alder in Rolling Hills, California. Who says, no infections with ham radio. S73, W6VA. <laughs> I am working on something very cool that everyone can use. Whether you, you can use it with walkie-talkies. You don't even need a ham radio license. Oh, well, yeah. I want to thank everybody who contributed to today's show, which did make up a little. Actually, I think it may have made up for at least it made us feel better yeah. uh, after that fiasco with our yeah. Dvorak.org slash NA. And hopefully a Sunday will be uh, as good. Sunday show. Now, I got a note from you uh, from Kathy Beauchamp. Am yeah. I supposed to do something with that? Well, Kathy Beauchamp, I don't... Were we supposed to dame her? Was that the deal? Is that, and she didn't get damed? I don't know. Uh, it came in like this morning just before we started the show, so I didn't get to write her back to find out... Get the oh, details. okay. So you just forwarded it to me, like let Adam deal with it? Is that what you did? Uh-huh. Okay. Hi, I'd like my credit and donation to count towards Leonard Small's knighthood. Ah, my donation was made on his behalf, donation to the best podcasting users with its only birthday wish. Ah. I love him dearly, so I obliged. Oh, thank you. Why don't you put him on the birthday list? But when it was his birthday? I don't know. I couldn't have time to write her back. People, <laughs> by the way, I want to mention everyone that we kind of closed this off at midnight the day before Pacific time. Yeah. Because, yeah, in the morning when we're when we're prepping for the show, and this is pretty much a nonstop process. I'm, I am continually um, astounded, dumbfounded, perhaps, by people who think that, you know, we uh, we get up and like, oh, let's do a little show. <laughs> I don't think anybody sees it that way. Yeah, no, people forget. Come on. It, okay. Even your own family, I will wager, forgets how much work goes into it. 
Well, the, they probably don't think about it, but it's like, now I got to use the TV. It's 10 o'clock tonight. I got to finish up these clips. And that's Mimi. So what are you doing? No, actually, no, she's always saying, what are you doing? I'm working on clips. I got to find some clips. I got no clips for the show. I got no clips. <laughs> All right, I'll let you get back to your clips. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need to know about my broken arm. <laughs> Does he have a broken arm? No. But that would be the way the conversation. If, if she keeps talking that way, she'll have one. Hey. 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 In the morning. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, it did make up uh, for the feeling, certainly, of the Google Gestapo. Interesting how that works, that the minute you publish a column uh, highlighting the issue, that all of a sudden, whoo, it's fixed. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just say uh, I said that, you know, I people, think everyone not become, What? Everyone should become a, a writer I mean, it's, it's it makes you feel better Yeah, yeah <laughs> You gotta well, you got beef, write it up so the As only, long as you don't sound like you're whining all the time right. Well, yeah So the only I think, not easy I think the only mistake that was made uh, here was You actually writing down something that I said I'm sure I influenced you incorrectly But you never should have said isn't that a coincidence this happens right after I say that your glass sucks? <laughs> that was not smart. Don't you so, agree? Uh, probably not. <laughs> you know, uh, you got to do what you got to do. Now, I got to wear the glasses, and we'll talk about it right after we're done with our... Uh, oh, wow, okay. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday! Hey, 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 oh, so we start off with Kathy Beauchamp, who uh, says happy birthday to uh, Leonard Small. She loves you very much, Leonard. Also, uh, Black Knight Greg Birch congratulated himself. Uh, he celebrated on the 6th. Marjorie Papico, Papiccio, husband Matt. And she loves you too, dude, for sure. And Martin Krupka, happy birthday to his wife, Dana, celebrated on the 8th. Happy birthday from all of your friends here. The best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And then we have, um, so we're going to, uh, just to make sure, we're going to do a knighting. Since uh, we, I, I don't think we've ever knighted uh, Luke. Well, knight him. Yeah, well, okay, hold on a Worst second. Worst case scenario is double knighted. Yeah, and then he can be a, a, a girly baronet. <laughs> yeah, girly baronet. <laughs> All right, here we go. Come on, Luke, step forward, you loser, you. <laughs> he's, a, he's in Finland. I'm allowed to say loser because I've broken bread with him. However, finally, finally, we are so happy to welcome you to that exclusive club and pronounce the Sir Luke Wonderhelm. Ladies and gentlemen, Knight of the Nogen Roundtable, and thank you very much for your support. The best podcast in the universe. Hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, long-haired heavy metal guys and scotch, wenches and beer, Ruben S. Woman and Rosé, geishas and sake, vodka, vanilla, Bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, mutton and mead, and uh, that's it. That time I read it. <laughs> I'm a little tired. That time I did read the uh, read the list. Thank you very much, Luke. And, of course, everybody who uh, supports uh, the program. This is the only way we can do it. We could not give you this type of analysis. We've already discussed. No way will you hear even anyone broaching what we believe is the true story of Benghazi. Never. Not going to happen. Anyone who does that will be out of a job, will never work again, and they're deathly afraid of that. The whole system is rigged. Yeah, you know, the whole system is rigged, and it's rigged for advertisers. And we bring it up all the time when we find a good example. But it's ridiculous. You can't do 
anything good if you have if you have to sell seeds or if you have to sell or Fords for that matter or anything else. So Christine just is impractical. Christine Lagarde was uh, so we have a new king in the Netherlands, King uh, Willem Alexander. And uh, so a big party and everything went well. And the Did first, he come to Texas? <laughs> he may be. I don't know. So the first person who comes to visit him is Christine Lagarde, of course. Oh, yeah. And, the money, the uh, bag lady. <laughs> the bag lady, that's right. Hey, uh, bonjour, Vimlex, here I am. So she goes to the... I'm here to collect. Yeah. She goes to the Free University in Amsterdam and I have to say, I'm very proud of our Dutch uh, students who are just not having any of, any of this woman. And the video is very funny. Uh, I will play a little bit of the audio. So they disrupted not once, not twice, but three times. This, so they were doing an interview. You got if you, The video is great. You see the setting. So it's uh, Lagarde with that way over tanned face, which can, can someone please tell her that's not a good look? I mean, come on. It's just not a good look. You're a shriveled up brown head. Isn't it like you're the yeah, it looks like a shrunken head. Turd on a bigger. stick. And they have a velvet red rope in front of the stage, you know, to let all the slaves know that you can't cross that. Don't come close to the elite, the woman who's true ruler of the universe. And uh, the minute she starts, people go, mic check, mic check, which is an old school one. Uh, but she thinks it's funny at first. She's, yeah, she's never heard of this before in her life. She's like, oh, isn't that cute? They're like saying Madame Lagarde. And she's like all excited because, oh, there's, you know, these are clearly her fans. And until she finds out that it's not, you can see her face change from when she oh, figures it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is great. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, my goodness. This is so wonderful. What is happening? <laughs> So now she's she's starting to figure it out here. This is what we're not prepared to probably uh, get to understand. That's okay, that's fine. I like it when my fans are here. But, well, it it just happened. And I think the audience also want to know, did you understand what they were saying? (laughs) No, I think... I really want to ask the audience to stop interrupting on this way. I really want to ask the audience to stop interrupting, please. Please, please stop interrupting. We have the elite Christine Lagarde here. She's coming to collect from our new, our new king. So stop it, okay? I think we have to stop to interrupt this way. We want to have a, a proper chat with you. A proper um, conversation, a proper q well, we heard the audience, and did you understand what they were saying? <laughs> I encourage this behavior. This is very, 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 very good. This is ex- outstanding. Good material for us. It's outstanding. And now they're kicking. Well, kick- maybe. <laughs> it's great. I, I encourage this. I really like it. It's too bad you have you, you can't hear what they're saying, but it doesn't matter. Just the disruption. Is very very good. I'm very, so they, very proud. Uh, I didn't see this on today's show. Oh gee, 
wasn't on the NBC Nightly News. Well, you mean you mean we can't make the elites look bad? No, no. It was in fact your own news had uh, a piece on it, but they talked over the entire thing, so you couldn't hear any of the real disruption. So no one yeah, the, people are afraid because the minute you, as a journalist, the minute you you know report on something that is that puts uh, these uh, elites in a elites in a bad light, there goes your access. You know, you're done. It's like, you know, it's like, right, John, um, maybe you should write a, uh, an email and request an interview with uh, Larry, Sergey, or Eric Schmidt. What do you think? <laughs> you think you're going to get an interview with them ever again in your living days? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I've known them long enough. I'll get an interview probably when they're retired. Okay. I did get Eric Schmidt to send me an autographed copy of his book written by the Cohen guy, the State Department person. I want Really? Read. Yeah. I bought it on Kindle. No, no, I wanted the autograph, so I sent an email to him. I said, I want a copy of your book autograph. And he sent it to you? And I put it, well, he, his secretary sent it to me right. because it came from her. Because, I mean, I just want to make sure that he doesn't know that we, we compared him to a Nazi and Gestapo. <laughs> I just want to make sure we understand. Make sure we repeat that. I'm sure he knows. We, he probably doesn't care. Do you think? Let me think. Let's say I'm, let's say I'm sitting around where $6 billion. I can do whatever I want. And some guys compare me to a Nazi. It is to laugh. <laughs> Let me have some more bonbons. Please, can you peel me another grape? <laughs> oh, 216. Let me write that down. That was good. <laughs> All right, so you put the, you were a glass hole. You put the glasses on. Yeah. Tell me, how was it? So we're at this uh, it was an Adobe event in Southern California, and there was a guy. I, don't, I won't mention his name. Scoble. Because he, Scoble. No, no, Scoble wasn't there. Thank, thank goodness. The guy writes for TechCrunch, and I don't know if he, but he has a pair of the gla- the, the the best the, the newest version, which oh. doesn't have they don't have glasses. They they go over your glasses. Oh, so this one actually uses your glasses, oh. and it's like a. So I put them on, and I he showed me how to use them. You you know you rub you rub the side, you rub the side, you rub rub rub, and so you. Rub. <laughs> hey, can you rub the side? Oh, please rub the side, John. Rub rubbing, the- rubbing. And so uh, you rub the side, and every time you rub the side, it, it changes the screen to something dumb. You know, usually rub the side some more, so something like that. So most of the time, it's got the time, it's got a clock, big clock, seven forty three. And the thing that's interesting about the glasses is that the, the little display, which is microscopic, yeah. is clear, crystal clear. Oh. And for some reason, since it's only like just about an inch or two away from your eyeball, you can focus on it beautifully. So it's mm-hmm. got some some crazy thing going on mm-hmm. in terms of how you can see it. And right. you can see it. But then it doesn't do anything except give you what time it is. And, and you have to be looking up to the right. And you look like if you're talking to someone, you keep looking at these glasses, you're going to look like something's wrong with you. I have, I have enough trouble keeping my head still. I don't see these things having any legs, to be honest about it. And the, and the guy kept making the excuse. He kept saying, oh, no, no, that's just a nerd's toy. Yeah, I know. It's expensive. It's a nerd's toy. It's a nerd's toy. It's a nerd's toy. It's expensive. I don't I know. Maybe it's not the greatest thing. It's a nerd's toy. I like them. I like them. But there's a nerd's toy, nerd's toy. And he kept saying that to me. And I'm thinking, geez, he's like, he's like embarrassed he owns these things. He should be. He should and I be. said, uh, did you pay for him? He says, yeah. Oh, said, yeah. Well, that's dumb. Oh, yeah. It's, and, it's not, and it's, yeah. Okay. Yes, it's dumb. It's totally dumb. The whole thing is dumb. Fifteen hundred dollars. You get that kind of money to throw away yeah. on these glasses that just basically tell you what time it is. Uh, <laughs> it's it's ludicrous. He says he wore them around New York City, and they would give you 
directions on how to find something, and it was very nice. So he, he said. so here, so so here's all you got to say. When the when the when the Google Glass, so this is handy for your cocktails. You went at the went at the party, and you want to sound like a hipster, and you say, "Here's how you do it." You say, "Wearables is the future." <laughs> wearables, <laughs> wearables, man. It's all about the wearables, yeah, man. The wearables. It's all about the wearables, baby. I'm telling you. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. David uh, writes in and says, "Hello, Adam. When I was in the United States of Gitmo Nation, we had a monthly lockdown." When I was 11, I experienced the first one. The teacher said, shut up or you will die. This says, this person is uh, 16 now. I just want to, I just, I just want to re- repeat. The teacher said, shut up or you will die. I then freaked out because all the kids started to run in all different directions. Me being blind and autistic, I didn't know how to respond. I just sat in my desk working on my math work on my braille, my Perkins Braille Writer. This device looks and sounds like a manual typewriter with only nine keys. The teacher said nothing when the police slammed on the door. I started to cry after the lockdown. The police and teacher yelled at me, saying that I could have gotten the whole class killed. Now, me, <laughs> this, is, this is a blind autistic kid. So me being a no agenda listener, I asked the police what they were dressed like and what he was carrying on his belt. They said, none of your business. And I pressed on and said, uh, and said, if I was sighted, I would know, but since I, oh, if I, if I could see, then I would know. But since I was blind, I deserved a description. After the officer said, a taser and an AK-47, I knew the school was not there to teach for our good, but to re-educate us to become government robots. This is a 16-year-old blind, autistic, no-agenda producer, David Thomas. Good work. Do you believe that? The teacher says you will die. This is horrible. These teachers are useless. This is really, really horrible. By the way, he uh, he runs an Ubuntu server. He's happy to to help us out. (laughs) Love that. Uh, Adam uh, says, uh, Mike, this is, uh, I was listening to show 508 this morning. I thought I would relay a story about lockdown drills. Uh, these are not something new. I hope you find the story entertaining at some level. I first became aware of these drills five years ago when my youngest daughter was in kindergarten and my oldest daughter was in fourth grade. They were attending classes at the same school in Mercer County, New Jersey. At the dinner table one night, I asked my oldest about her day. Had anything interesting happened? No, nothing was her reply. Not unexpected from a seasoned school-aged child. So then I asked my youngest the same question. Being a kindergartner, she loves her school. We had a drill, she says. A fire drill? Was the alarm really loud, I asked? No, a lock-up drill. <laughs> a lock-it-up drill. We had to hide. A what? The teacher told us to hide and shut the door and close the windows. We had to be very quiet. Then my older daughter interrupted, yelling, You're not supposed to tell them about that. That's a secret. What do you mean it's a secret, I asked. The teachers told us that we aren't supposed to say anything about the drill. And it's a lockdown drill. For in case someone comes into the school to do something bad, we're not supposed to tell people about where we hide because they might find us. Can you believe this crap, John? These are great letters. This is slave training. 
said, well, I was floored. I told them both that it was okay to tell us about that, and they should tell us when they do them. There's no reason for it to be a secret. I contacted the school the next day, spoke to the principal. I was told it was something the school district had instituted. The children should not be told not to talk about it. That would be corrected. Uh huh. So these drills are yeah, nothing right. new. <laughs> these drills are nothing oh, new. <laughs> uh... Can you believe that? Wow. I love it. You know, I, so this is a, a, a dad. I love it when the like. Uh, I would recommend to all our No Agenda producers and listeners out there to ask your kids if they've been told that there's a secret thing going on in their school. Just uh, confront yeah. them. Secret drill. And make them tell you because it, 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 I'm sure that this is I the only example of don't tell your parents. I bet it's happening everywhere. I bet it is. That's sick, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, and don't uh, tell your parents. This is what perverts do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm going to feel you right here, but don't tell your parents. <laughs> oh, John, that's trouble. <laughs> that's nasty. Holy <laughs> nasty. But that's what the schools are doing. Yeah. They're actually inculcating the idea that they, the kids can keep a secret when they shouldn't. It is slave training, and thank you very much for sharing. I ask everyone, by the way, if it's okay if I if I read their note, and they all immediately say yes. And thank you, uh, Blind Autistic Slave David. Awesome. What a great note, and way to go. Way to go, man. You should give a douchebag out to those cops. Yeah, big douchebag. Big time. Don't mess with our with our blind slave, our blind autistic. I bet he's he likes walking on his tippy toes, spinning around. Good for him. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave our slave alone. Also, I did get a very nice email. This will be the last one for this episode. Um, from uh, Bruce. And Bruce says, Hey, ma'am, there may be some problems with Whole Foods, but the chicken, at least in our region, the Southern Pacific, is fine. I was complaining about the chicken that uh, became the albino chicken in a pot. Yes, that's uh, something I'm still, I still have dreaming nightmares about. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah. The hell's with that guy? <laughs> anyway, he, he gave me a, a recipe for cooking the chicken, and I have to say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This, is, this blew me away. And, and the first thing he said is, know your pot and your oven. You have to get that thing calibrated. Is your yeah, oven generally calibrated? speaking, most ovens aren't uh, aren't temperature yeah, accurate. He says you should you get, get an oven thermometer and check it. I mean, I have a, a really high end oven that is very accurate. It's kind of interesting. So his so his advice was now now this wouldn't work with the entire meal, but here's the chicken he made me make, and I did, and I have to say I did use a a chicken from the from the market. So hot oven, hot pot, oven two hundred four hundred and twenty five, hot pot barely smoking. Throw some oil in. You get your seasoned chicken. A little bit of butter on the outside. Trust. Hit the pot with oil. Should smoke slightly less than it was. Too much isn't great, but keep going until you're just not starting a fire. Lay the bird on its right side in the pot. Put it straight in the oven with no lid. Wait 20 minutes. Then move the bird to the other side. Wait 20 minutes. Then move the bird breast side up. 20 more minutes, then lower the heat to 375, pull the bird out, check with the thermometer. If it's 165, you're done. If not, keep going a little bit. And then here, I think, is the big trick. You have to rest the bird for 10 minutes on a plate with its ass in the air so all the juices are flowing down towards the breast. This, John, was an outstanding product in this pot. That sounds like a winner. I have it sounds like a lot of work. I mean, when I no, do pot it, cooking, it, I try not try to avoid doing it any really, extra stuff. It really wasn't because it was just three times 20 minutes. And I'm just flipping this bird over, and it, the, the, the crust, the skin was just it's fan, nice and crisp. 
The chicken was succulent to the max. I couldn't make succulent. succulent. It was succulent. Oh, touch the tip. So, uh, yeah, be careful with that pot of yours, though, because at 500 degrees, it will uh, the, the enamel comes off. No, no, it was 475. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. he said 425. I'm sorry, not 425. Even. You get you got a lot of leeway. Is that that's not what the enamel? And then what happens? Enamel. That, those. That's an enamel. It just that's it it's just not good. Crack like a piece of it'll pop. And go flying. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's just oh, really? Oh, we yeah. don't want that. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. On the No, no Agenda show. I gotta cut that down. We need a closer that's just the ending of that. The, someone did send me one other thing that I love. So we have things. If someone showed this on. Television news, people, I mean, if, even if you heard these stories, and, and I agree, John, we need, ask your kids if there was some secret drill and you had to not tell your parents. We want to know about it. If there's anything that you're, you make sure those kids tell you, if there's any time, any time, you should drum into their heads anytime anyone tells them not to tell their Imme- parents. Immediately tell your parents. Yeah. So this is a note from one of our producers who I shall not name, and it is a checklist a bomb threat checklist for school. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. It's It says Department of the Treasury, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms bomb threat checklist. Is the is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, is that, from the, is that part of the Department of the Treasury? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's, it was the, that's where the revenuers are part of the treasury, oh. uh, guns. It's all regulated for tax purposes or something. Okay, so um, so you're calling in a bomb threat, and I'm going to run through the checklist with you. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hello? Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're, oh. you're calling it in. So it's I'm more, calling it's, it in. I'm waiting on. for you. There hello. Oh, hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah. I think I got a bomb here. I got a bomb. Uh, it's a suspicious... Uh, thing, and I think it's a bomb. I, I don't know what to when do. When is the bomb going to explode? I have no idea. It's in a box. Where is the bomb right now? It's over by the and the park bench. It's on a park bench near a trash can, what? and right here in the park. <laughs> what does the, now? You're supposed to be threatening. You're not. You're not see something, say something. You're oh, s- I thought I was the see. I'm th- no. You're threatening. Oh, you're threatening. Oh, Hold on. Let's try it again. I got the wrong character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hello. Yeah, he planted a bomb. When is the bomb going to explode? The bombs, I'm not telling you, but it's at the it's at the stadium just and it's going to go off during the big game. What? You're a, let me ask the question. You can't be telling me this now. What does the bomb look like? That's what I would do if I was doing this. I have a checklist. What does the bomb look like? I'm not telling you. What will cause the bomb to explode? Uh, it's got a timer. Did you place the bomb? Why should I be telling you this? Why? What? Mean, why? That's that's question number seven. Why what? <laughs> Six is did you place the bomb? And yeah, seven is I why? That the bomb is there. I'm not talking to you. I just gave you the threat. What and, more do I have to and do? And eight is what is address? I'm reading verbatim. What is address? What is address? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What does that even mean? <laughs> what is your name? My name is Jim. Okay. And then I have an open space for the exact wording of the bomb threat, which is stadium. Sex of caller was male. Race. Now, you sounded Chinese to me. Age. Mm. Length of call. 
And then caller's voice, calm, nasal, soft, angry, stutter, loud, excited, lisp, laughter, slow, rasp, crying, rapid, deep, normal. (laughs) (laughs) What is this word? Distinct. Crying one. Background noises. Distinct. Distinct. I have a distinct (laughs) voice. Bomb threat language. Well-spoken. Education. Incoherent. Foul. Message read by the threat maker. Irrational or taped. A bomb. I put a bomb there. (laughs) All right. How about uh, background noises? Street noises. Voices. Crockery. Crockery. (laughs) Do the bomb threat. Do the bombs. It brings bring some some props. <laughs> it's like, it's so- <laughs> I got about <laughs> office machinery booth. <laughs> you sounded like he had a harmonica. I love that. What is address? Can you imagine it's like some guy calling bomb threat? Said, what is address? And go like, what what kind of English is that? It sounds like a, uh, the pigeon English that you get from customer service. That's probably the guy who wrote the list. <laughs> Skip logic right there. Skip logic. Yeah. Uh, so while we're uh, congratulating uh, human resources of the world, uh, congratulations to Iceland. Man, this is the place to live. At the second time of asking, Iceland still hasn't warmed to the idea of paying back the... T- oh, by the way, you catch the... Uh, the little uh, the little scriptwriter's jolly there. Iceland hasn't warmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BBC, I might point out. BBC. At the second time of asking, Iceland still hasn't warmed to the idea of paying back the £2.3 billion it owes the UK since the collapse of the internet bank iSave. In the second referendum on a compensation deal, 60% of people voted no to paying for a private bank's losses, and they'd have paid with interest for the next 30 years. So this makes total sense. So we just for the, This happened in 2008. We discussed it a lot at the time. So the Internet Bank, I save, I think it was called, had a lot of municipalities, but also individuals from the United Kingdom and the Netherlands who were, in, who were putting their money in there, and they were getting a very high rate of return, exorbitant, like 6, 7, 8, 9%, crazy, crazy rates, certainly at that time. Um, you know, there is always risk, of course, when you do these things. The bank fails, and then the governments of the UK and the Netherlands paid out that the, the money, it's a couple billion, Paid out to the investors who got who got screwed, and hey, it's what happens? Right? You, you invest in something, you put your money somewhere in an internet bank. You know, okay, you know, well, it can happen. And now the Netherlands and the UK, they said, well, uh, that bank failed. It was in Iceland, so uh, hey, citizens of Iceland, you have to pay up. You have to pay us. N- forget the bank. Like the bank failed. No, we're going to put it on the whole country. And the country said no before, and now they're saying no again. The finance minister said there's no point asking them again. I think it's very hard to interpret this in any other way than, than the fact uh, that the Icelandic people is not prepared to accept uh, payments or shoulder burden unless there is a clear legal uh, obligation to do so. The debt dates back to 2008 when iSave went to the wall 
and cash belonging to UK and Dutch savers went with it. Like the Netherlands, the UK government reimbursed people. Now it wants Iceland to pay it back. Ah. Negotiating hasn't worked. Today the government said it will see Iceland in court. What court is it? What do you, what court do you think that yeah I think it's war I agree I would will drone your ass What court do you go to the International Criminal Court I mean give me no, a break They don't have any court there's, there's no, no court. jurisdiction there's no standing no. there's nothing they can do they can go to maybe some bogus court in the UN No and but why should they pay back this screw them It's like every time you this where's the you know the the whole idea, if you put your money in some crazy investment, you lose it. You don't yes. go to the next door neighbor and demand payment. There's no losers, Tommy. You're not a loser. It is obviously disappointing that it seems that the people of Iceland have rejected what was a negotiated settlement. And, of course, we uh, respect the will of the Icelandic... by who? <laughs> by the elites. <laughs> it's like me and you negotiating a settlement and demanding money from the Bank of America. Now this is now you're talking crazy talk. People in this matter, and we're going to have to now go and talk to the international partners with whom we work, not least the government of the Netherlands. It now looks like this process because they end. want their money as well. Of don't course they, they do. Yeah. And, and now yes. it now looks like this process will end up in the in the courts as a legal process going on. The government says it's got an obligation to chase Iceland for the 2.3 billion because we're in a difficult position too and could really use the cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> ah, so funny. I, so there was a, uh, good another development that's kind of interesting. Was under the radar, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, uh, the apparently the UK Independent Party's made some inroads, and there's yeah. a little wrap up here of what happened after this recent election. Yeah, they've been doing very well. Hans Doctor speaking there in Pakistan. The Queen has delivered a speech outlining the British government's program for the next year. It includes a new crackdown on migrants. Now the move is seen as a reaction to the success of the right-wing UK Independence Party, which made significant gains in last week's local elections. Europe correspondent Philip Williams takes a closer look at the party and its leader. So let me guess, are they, uh, so this is Nigel Farage, of course, who we enjoy very much when he's harping against the, uh, uh, the European uh, Yeah, and this Union. is a report that was done in, uh, in Australia, so the, uh, the foreign right, cor- right. is a foreign correspondent, but right. the, you know it's slanted. Well, do you think they're going to call him like a crazy right-wing nut nut Apparently, if you listen, when you listen to the report, you'll see that's what they were calling him, oh. and now they have to change their oh. ways. Quick fact, and then we'll be on our way. Yeah. Just a week ago, the established parties were describing this man and his party as Fruit Loops and racists, political fringe dwellers. This has been a long week in politics. I'll tell you what, I've been up half the night, this is absolutely marvellous. The UK Independence Party attracted nearly a quarter of the votes in seats that stood in the local government elections. Suddenly, UKIP leader Nigel Farage was being seen in a very different light. A threat, a player. The normal, stable political structure of Britain has just been thrown up in the air, and we'll see how it comes back down. And what's really interesting is that it's not just Tory votes we're getting, it's Labour votes up north too. What this does tell us is that there is now a force force in British politics and one that does have the potential over time to start to win seats at the national level, but certainly in the short term to influence what all the other parties say and think. While the party foundations are built on anti-European bedrock, the vote catcher was a hard line on immigration. We opened up the doors uh, to Poland and seven other Eastern European countries in 2004 and the government said 
This would lead to an increase of 15,000 people a year coming to Britain. Uh, I said hogwash. It'll lead to a lot more than that. Um, and indeed, over a million have come. The major parties denied their policies will shift to the right because of UKIP's success, but already some Conservatives are arguing perhaps they should. Concern is more, are they paying attention? Do they understand the things that I face as an ordinary person? The fact that I'm having trouble making ends meet, the fact that I can't afford the taxes and the heating costs and the, the growing costs of food and so on. All those things, um, uh, they've got to, the public have got to believe the, the government understands. And I think at the moment, a fair chunk of them, 25, 30% of them, don't believe that. Yeah. A handful of speeches by Listen to this. A student at this school might give as many what? as 200. This is Obama. Oh, you don't hear him? It's right. the president here in Texas. I can relate. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just had a chance to, to, to see some of the incredible uh -huh. work that some of the young people uh, here are doing. Uh, like printing our, our plastic guns? Mathematical equations to build musical instruments. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Tests on. Alright, whatever. I dismantle that. Uh. I have to, so, I have to actually yeah. unplug it. Yeah. The plastic gun story we have to get to probably in the next show. Well, the, yeah, we will have to. We do have to get to that. Uh, well, actually, maybe I. There is a, a little clip I wanted to. Because this is. You know how we always talked about the war on. There was going to be the war on ammo before we got to the war on crazy? Yes, we talked about the war on ammo and okay. the war on crazy so, so, and the war on women. Right, so that's so that's where it's going. But first, let's listen to the uh, the Today Show, Matt Lauer, with his panel of professionals, which I think it's like morons. It's three, I, I recognize them vaguely. They're celebrities, but now they're professionals. But it's basically um, three morons sitting on stools as this uh, conversation comes up about the uh, the printed gun. These professionals are going to weigh in on what could be a game changer in the gun debate, a plastic pistol undetectable by most security systems that almost anyone can make at home using some modern technology. Now apparently someone has perfected making a gun, a plastic gun that cannot be detected by most security systems with one of these 3D printers. A 25-year-old law school student named Cody Wilson says he may release the details of how to do this soon. What do we do about it? All right, let's go to our professionals. More on number one. Donnie, I know that this was concerning you, but legally, you say to yourself, I'm not sure how much we can do about it at this point, other than really step up our efforts at gun control, but more importantly, what? the behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> what? Step up our efforts on gun control, but let's go to moron number two. Of it. You're not going to... This gets around gun control. Well, it actually, if, if you make the behavior, um, <laughs> the penalty for the behavior, behavior, the possession of a gun, no matter how it's manufactured, <laughs> but much more... <laughs> Time to get on the plane and kill us all. I mean, TSA is going to be horrible. This, this is horrible. It's like the, the the process of making this gun is ahead of the gun laws. Oh, well, the gun laws are so much behind every part of society. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. This, this is this is that's what do, you do want. They bring up the fact that the gun can only be shot ten times and it may explode on the first sh shooting, no. the second, third, fourth, fifth, no. sixth, seventh. You know, up to ten. It's never. I apparently won't shoot more than ten without blowing up, you know, blowing up, and blowing off your hand. I've, so I did learn something on the, the Jake Tapper show with uh, uh, Congressman Israel. Uh, plastic guns are already illegal. 
I did not know that. Well, I don't want to necessarily ban the guns. I don't want to make it easier for criminals and terrorists to bring plastic guns through metal detectors onto airplanes. Jake, I just came from New York, stood in line at LaGuardia Airport in front of a metal detector. Metal detector is a good idea. You don't want bad guys bringing guns. But as we just saw from that video, the metal, de metal detectors may be obsolete technologies now that you can actually make a plastic gun and bring it on a plane. So what's your solution? My solution is to simply extend something that has been on the books for 10 years, the Undetectable Firearms Act, that says that you cannot manufacture and transport uh, weapons that cannot be picked up by metal detectors. It, it was common sense in 2003 when George Bush signed the law. It is now urgent sense now that the uh, 3D printers are actually ma manufacturing these plastic uh, weapons and now that the law is expiring at the end of this year. Oh, how convenient that the plastic gun shows up at the minute when this bill has to be uh, re -upped. Yeah, that's pretty convenient. Yeah. yeah Buzz Kill Jr. had a theory about this thing. These guns aren't got nothing to do with us. They're just essentially a roundabout way to getting guns into the hands of uh, Africans <laughs> who are going to be shooting up each other anyway. Africans? And, and it screws the arms dealers because you get well, these crazy Africans, you give them one of these guns, and sure, it can only shoot six or seven times, but... No, you, no, I, I'm, I'm in total agreement. The reason why this is an issue is not because of shittisans. This is because we, we can't have... This is a good business. We can't have people making their own guns. Look at who's selling them. Yeah. This is not... This will never fly. Never, ever, ever fly. Now, this is this is going to be a huge problem. It's going to be all kinds of bull crap they'll pull out of the woodwork for it. But look, look who's making the guns and who's selling them. You can't, you can't mess in their business. Uh-uh. Big mistake. Big mistake. So anyway, it is a bypass over arms dealers. I did want to talk about a little bit about the Castle uh, show that had the drones. Yeah, did you get uh, a clip of that? No, because I was watching it in uh, Los Angeles. I didn't have my clip machine with me, hmm. but I, I, I maybe talk. Maybe if someone can get me some clips with some gems in there, because it was out. Just the story, simply put, was there was a bunch of military drones surveilling New York, and one of, armed apparently, and one of them fires a uh, a missile into some guy's car to kill him, mm -hmm. and it, and he was a whistleblower or some or a guy who wrote a newsletter, a blogger. And uh, they tried to track it back to the army, and everyone denied it. And it turned out to be a hacker that developed some code that could break into all the drones. And then the guy's son actually was the final culprit. And uh, oh, spoiler! Now I don't have to watch the episode. Thanks. You don't have to watch it anyway. But it's just a. It, but it was what it was to me was a propaganda uh, episode making it okay to have these military drones surveilling the city of New York. I have uh, two clips here. Um, I have a clip where the guy admits to writing the software, and I, uh, and I have Castle Drone, Someone Has to Stop It. This is the autonomous stuff. Are those any good, or do you need something the else? The autonomous one's good. You might as well play that. Okay, let me see. I have it. This is one of our producers sent this to me. I haven't had time to watch it because yeah, I've got no time to watch these stupid shows. But I'm glad you did when you're... I was in a hotel in Los Angeles, Spect lonely. Spectravision, my friend. Spectravision. That's when, that's when you're supposed to be watching porn. What are you doing watching Castle when you're by Mr. yourself? Mr. let's talk about Dale Tanner. If you want to know if I killed him, the answer is yes, I did. Would you like to tell me why? It began two years ago with this. I don't understand what a car driving through the desert has to do with Dale Tanner. Intelligence reports said there were three high-ranking Afghan militants in this car. It was the right-making model.
speed. So the drone pilot was given the green light to strike. But then he saw those red dots on the trunk and he had a feeling. So he aborted the mission. There were no militants in that car. The red dots were roses because the young couple driving down that desert road had just gotten married. That's when I knew I could no longer be a part of the drone program. I don't understand why the pilot didn't fire. Because the next generation of drones won't have pilots. The new AI software will give drones decision-making capability. They'll assess the data and take lethal action all on their own. Really will be rise of the machines. Those new drones will turn that car to ash without hesitation. That's why when lives are at stake, we need a man who sees roses. <laughs> it, gets, it gets worse from there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's the whole thing is her- terrible. I'm, indeed, you shouldn't watch it. And, of course, I was watching it instead of watching porn because I'm working on the show at all times. Oh, come on. You can, take a, you can take a 30-second break. Uh, it's, well, it's usually about 15 seconds. It doesn't seem like it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Two old guys. Nah, we... Hey, you know, <laughs> where's the lotion? <laughs> that was a low point in our history. <laughs> All right. Ah, hey, you know what? We're screwed and we might as well enjoy ourselves while we're laughing at everything. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, um, we will have a lot of Agenda 21 stuff to talk about on Sunday. I've got some real gems that we just didn't get to today, uh, along with some more bankster news. And uh, I'm sure there will be something that pops up on C-SPAN. That'll be marginally interesting that we can dissect for you once again. And the only way we do it is by not being influenced or hijacked or bought and paid for by commercial interests. It's your show, you're the producer, and you support us doing that. Dvorak.org slash NA or donate.curry.com coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State. Feeling pretty safe today with the president in town. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Yes, you're in lockdown. Not so here in northern Silicon Valley, but I'm still John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on the best podcast in the universe. No agenda. Shut up, slave. Dvorak.org slash N-A.